All right, we be live. Hello. <laughs> I like this. Wait, is it like this or is it like this? I have variations. Mm. Sometimes yeah. I like to do it different yes. ways. Should I also? No, that's not for me. What should I do with my hands? When I say we're live, should I do Squeeze anything? Squeeze my, my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> What should I do? Something something not as feminine as this, something a little bit more manly, toxic. What do you have? Oh yeah? <laughs> we be live! Yeah! <laughs> no, that's too that's too much. Yeah. Throw up the devil <laughs> horns. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um oh uh, so high is saying audio is great. By the way, Soha, I need to pay more attention to Soha's comments because Soha has a lot of useful comments for me and you in the live chat. So I need to pay attention to what Soha is saying in the live chat. Okay, so remind me to pay attention to Soha. D is here. Yeah, D is Yeah, D. Um, Jimmy is saying, this ought to be good. Yes, as usual, every week. Guys, we're going to cover the news um, on atheism, religion, news, news about atheism, religion, and anything even remotely connected to that. Um, if it's in the news, we try to, Susanna has 10 different news items that covers, she, uh, she brings us here, for us here, she, her, she and D, D right here, and the rest of the Atheist Republic team have worked on this, they have researched it, they have checked, double checked it, um, and they come here, and then we comment on it, and we also read your comments on it in the live chat, especially if you're a YouTube member, Okay. So the people who are YouTube members like this, see some, see you have this badge here, okay? If you have this YouTube member, I will try to highlight your comments more. So become a YouTube member. Also subscribe right now and like the video before we get started. And also put in the live chat where you're watching from, okay? I'll try to, like this, see? Already without me even saying, Kian is saying hi from Belgium. Hi, Kian from Belgium. The rest of you, let, let us know where you're watching from because we'd like to see how international our audience is. It's pretty, mm -hmm. we brag about it all the time. So we like to demonstrate that when you guys talk, when you guys let us know. If I, I'm not gonna read all of it when you guys say where you're from, but I'll try to, I'll try to, no promises, uh, to pay attention and highlight it like this, see? Uh, Darwin83 from Pakistan, say hi from Pakistan. Yeah, Oink. Australia here. All right, oh, from South Africa here. Cool, see, we're so international. I think we're in one of the most international shows uh, that I'm aware of. USA. Delaware, USA. Anyways, <clears throat> all right. So, Susanna, today, first of all, what mm -hmm. is the tone of the news today? Is it tragic? Is it funny? Is it is it shocking? What what do you have? What do you have? Is it you know, I have to say today's news, there is a lot less that is just like straight up the pressing. You know, nice. like oh, thank you, please. very little that is straight up depressing. Actually, most of it is either quite humorous or just like shocking, but not like in a someone died kind of way or mm. just like interesting um, for for those who are not aware, since the uprising in Iran has begun last September, we've been doing, you know, big stories covering the Iran and also the entire situation going on there every week. And so we have a lot of juicy, juicy stuff to cover for Iran this week, including mm -hmm. there were some major 
breaking news updates that happened today, but I don't know if we can get into it yet because it was literally like we could hint at it. Hint at it. Yeah, hours before the show started, there's still a lot that needs to be verified mm. before we can dive into it. But I think we should maybe oh. tease it a little bit because it's like major. Other than Iran, what countries are we covering today? Um, we are covering Turkey, China, Egypt. Oh, the one from Egypt is funny. Uh, India, Pakistan. What else do we have for here? And California, England, and also a global story. Some global exciting ex-Muslim news. So make sure to Ooh. tune in for that. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Um, this first news, it seems like it's clappable. Usually the first news is not clappable, but this time it seems like it is. May I clap for the first news? Yes. First news. First news. Shocking leaks from hacker group expose Iranian regime's true weakness. Recently, Black, Black Reward, an Iranian hacktivist group, infiltrated the servers of several, several government offices and government-affiliated institutions. The group obtained documents, audio recordings, and videos showing the Iranian government's inability to suppress the ongoing protests. In an audio tape of a meeting between Qasem Qureshi, the deputy commander of the besieged paramilitary force under the Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and media representatives, he spoke about worker strikes across Iran's 22 provinces, the fatigue of the Islamic Republic's security forces felt in dealing with the demonstrations and how the regime is being defeated in the quote-unquote media war. They also discussed students in 62 universities across the country holding gatherings, with 11 others being the site of sit-ins during the, uh, uh, excuse me, being the site of sit-ins against the regime. Another document featured in a special bulletin created by military experts working for Hussein Salami, the commander-in-chief of the RGC, showing how the besieged paramilitary force was weakened significantly and could not mobilize to quell the protests. Finally, Black Reward also leaked an embarrassing video showing one of the news editors of the Farce News Agency masturbating to a video while smoking and eating potato chips. <laughs> Since the beginning of the protests in Iran in September, Black Reward has worked with other hack hacker groups, such as uh, Tepan Degan, to encourage Iranians to participate in rallies against the Islamic Republic. Yes. So I don't know this hack this hacker group Black Rewards has done three major hacks, one video, one audio and one report, like a PDF file or whatever format it was, it, right? A bulletin as they call, it, right? The video was of um a staff member of IRGC related media group, which is actually I think an intelligence group but disguised as a media group the guy worked for first right yes um a video of him masturbating on the job like not like normal people who masturbate at home he was masturbating in his office um and they've released that video and also by the way the government came in and announced this person and they honored him for some reason right after this came out i don't wait know saw what that. no 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 <laughs> Yeah. You have okay, Armin. I need you to, I need you to dive into that because that's news to me. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, they they called him, they gave him a reward and called him a John Boz. 
which is a designation mostly for people who go to war, like an honorary title for people who go to war, which was very offensive to a lot of war veterans. Is this like a purple heart? Like they gave this man like a purple heart for <laughs> masturbating in the office? Yeah, yeah. See, Qasem is also confirmed. He got the degree of John Boz, which means war wounded. Right? What was wounded? They... Is Gerat? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, this is like an honorary title, kind of like a Purple Heart or whatever in the United States. Like, that's actually a fair comparison. And they honored him with that right after his masturbation video came out. But, you know, but uh, which is weird. Like, a lot of pe- uh, people in Iran, because the veterans in Iran are not t- taken care of very well, right? So now a lot of them are like, this is such an insult to us as well. Like, what the hell? Why are you guys honoring this, you know, this sick man who, again, guys, nothing wrong with masturbating. But if you can't wait until you get home, there's something wrong with you, right? Anyways, they honored him. So, so I love the that, detail that he was doing it while smoking and eating potato chips. No, that just speaks to me yeah. about how comfortable he was in that situation. He's like, I, I set up a whole atmosphere for myself. Troel is saying Jizbas instead of Jumbas. And uh, Mogambo is saying we all be Jumbas. <laughs> it's okay, I don't oh know. Oh my God. But, anyways, so that was the first leak. I mean, not the first leak, that the video leak. The audio leak, as Susanna mentioned, a lot of revealing information came out. A lot of revealing information, especially from the audio leak. One of the most important, um, I mean, there's so many highlights. I don't know which one even to mention, but two of them that comes to my mind right now is how tired and uh, are the forces that are supposed to, what is it called? The anti-riot forces in Iran are, right? Both ideologically, like emotionally, they don't seem to be like they're, these are guys, these are things that we have been seeing, saying protesters have been reporting from the streets in iran okay but we had no proof for it we were like we have report after report after report video after video and these seems to be indicating this right these hacks are now giving us validations of that we were right all the things that we have been saying all the things that the protesters have been saying now the government reports and audio leaks confirm that we were right they are saying that their forces are tired they're demotivated they have lack of morale they don't want to do their job and they're not even being paid well right and they're like can we they, they mention how low their pay is and they're wondering if they could encourage them more they're talking about giving them lunch more like they're like they are so lacking resources like can we feed them maybe they would that would encourage them anyways it's just like it just shows that even the people who come they're not coming because they are their hearts and mind is with the government. They just like this is just income for them. So if the government is able to mm. not able to pay them more, as because they right now they're having trouble paying them, right? But it, the, these are not people who are like that are their value system are is with the government and they're coming and like trying to defend the regime. Not right? as much as so, I'd like to think. I think there is my, yeah. still some of that in there. Some of that. I mean, I've seen a lot of videos of special forces going down the street screaming Yahusain. So obviously there is some ideological. That like, might be more of a there. rallying cry than an ideological cry. You know, it's these are like. Gross. 
I know it is very gross, but a lot of these young men, they're just like, you know, hooligans who just, Yahusin is just how they, shite, how they sh- uh, shout. You know what mm. I mean? Because mm. of the environment they're in. You know, I don't know. But mm. the, the, the rep- it just doesn't seem like they can continue to, that's why you see half of Iranians have taken off their job. Like, actually, I will show you like in many places, I will show you some videos. Well, once you start talking, but let me give you some other. Yeah, I know the video. Important. Is it the video you showed me the other day? Because that was incredible. No, this is a in, new in one. In the mall. Oh wow. Oh yeah, this this is like in a mall as well, but it's similar to what I showed you before. But Armin, right? one thing I really wanted you to talk about, or would like you to talk about, is because the information about this leak in the English media is not very comprehensive. And it leaves out a lot of what you have told me about it based on what you read in Persian language media. So like Mm -hmm. the other things I've read about the leak is the extent to which the Qatari government was behaving and cooperating with the Iranian government to suppress people at the World Cup was exposed like on a massive scale. That was huge, including Mm -hmm. like the Iranian government successfully coerced the Qatari government from banning news agency Iran International from covering creating news coverage of the World Cup. So they're very... Yeah, like, no, like, um, Iranian media who are not within Iran, so who might want to, who would cover the protesters, because... So the World Cup for Iranians was an opportunity for them Iranians to show up at the uh, at the event and show their signs of anti-regime signs or Mahsa Amini signs or flags with the um, the lion and the sun instead of the Islamic Republic's Iranian flag, the actual the pre-Islamic re- revolution flag of Iran. Um, and now we know based on these uh, uh, report uh, based on the audio leaks that the Qatari government was completely in cooperation with the Islamic Republic to ban any use of protest material. And even mentions of Mahsa Amini was cracked down on attack. And it, we saw we already saw videos of the Qatari officials coming in and removing all protest signs. Uh, but now we saw that the, the Qatari government was telling the Iranian regime that do not worry, we're going to help you crack down, that we have already found all the problematic people. Like, give us the, give us the name of anybody that is on a on your naughty list, and we will make sure that they don't arrive. We will, uh, we will cancel their visas. So, for example, Iran International, which is a news agency outside of Iran that is very pro-protesters, like very on the side of the anti-regime protesters, um, they already had visas, and they're... Um, journalist badge and everything approved and everything to come to cover to cover the World Cup and they all got announced that like every single like their visas were canceled their um, entrance to the games all of it was denied and blocked like even though after it was approved they were like backtracked and they at the request of the Iranian regime the Qatari government just completely uh, suppressed any form of protest uh, by Iranians even like not protest I'm not like protest. Yeah, not protest as in like they would come and like do anything that will disrupt the peace. Like just holding, just ha- holding a sign that says Mahsa Amini was not allowed. Uh, a lady had Mahsa Amini ri- written on her chest uh, with with paint, and the Qatari officials m- took her to her room and made her wipe it off before she could. Just 
the name Mahsamini was like was not allowed. It woke the name of a woman who died by the Iranian regime. Her name was not allowed in World Cup, uh, enforced by the Qatari government. Uh, at at the request of the Iranian regime, which is unbelievable. But go on, you want to say something? Well, imagine if they had done that for something like George Floyd. I know, right? Um, imagine if the United States requested Qatar not to allow the name of George Floyd to be displayed anywhere in the state, any of the stadium. just his name, just his name. Unbelievable. But yes. the leaks also revealed that the the Qatar government actually gave the Iranian government over a list of Iranian ticket holders. Yes. Yeah. Like it goes so deep. It's so insidious. But by um, the way, some people for people who are doubting these leaks. OK. The Iranian regime has not denied it. In fact, they took they are justifying it. So not. Like they're not saying this. They never came out and said that these leak. This is a fake leak. Wow. Which is confirms that this is a you know that this is a legit leak. Which is insane. Because I I have heard. So I follow some different kinds of analysts for these for run related issues, and one. Uh, analyst site that I really, really like said that we cannot verify this document and is treating it with great skepticism. We offer no assessment of its authenticity apart from noting that the style and word choice of portions of the document seem unusual for native Persian speakers. So they have some questions about the authenticity of the leak based on that criticism of the word choice and some things that would be unusual for native Persian speakers. What do you think about that? First of all, the audio re- leak was completely legit because we know the people that were speaking. Okay. So these are like high officials in the Iranian regime, and this was their audio. Okay. And they came out even saying, like, justifying some of the things that they said. Right. And the I read the report, the Persian report, that the bulletin one, that is completely, I don't understand who's saying that. That is, that is like a very formal way of writing. I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. So who's saying that? I mean, the government itself has not rejected this. Mm. They they usually bend over backwards like to reject something like this if they don't if they don't um, if it's not full. like they are complete. Okay, so here's the skept- the actual skepticism. Okay, because there are conspiracies here that people are offering. Not that these that not that this report. Is fake, but that the leak is fake. As in the people who the the people who are responsible for the leakage of this data wanted it to be leaked. As in, there are certain people within the regime taking positions against other people within the regime. That is the conspiracy oh that is being made here, not the fact that this is not um actually data that the government is working with. I mean it wouldn't be entirely w- far off though. That's within right. the character and nature of the regime and many things we've seen before. Right. So yes. In terms of like crazy conspiracies, like that's not so outlandish. I don't know. What do you think about it though? No, no, it's complete like we have been seeing this for a long time right now, especially after the protest. I mean how many okay here's actually how many has openly 
complained about why hardliners are not saying anything against the protests. Mm. Not the reformists, okay? The hardliners. Like he's saying, where are you guys? Why are you? Khamenei, he's supposed to be the supreme leader, which you're supposed to, when he says something, his command is the word of God. He now is out in the open and like, why are you guys not officially making statements against the protests? And here's the thing, Susanna, even after complaining about it, a lot of the highest hardliners officials have still not come out and said anything against the protests. That is, that shows is such a high degree of you know division division not between the reformers and hardliners but between the hardliners themselves like unseen and unimaginable wow wow so we're saying that and also this report was talking about that as well this report was saying Khamenei is complaining about this Khamenei also was saying Certain people, the report also shows how much Khamenei is directly involved. Again, that's what I wanted to talk about because this is not reflected in the English media. But you were emphasizing to me how much it reveals that he's micromanaging things. So can you please like communicate what you know? Because I haven't been able to find this in what I've been researching about it. Yeah. So, but by the way, I, I like how Susanna was being skeptical about it. I don't want to act like anything is certain here. Okay. So some level of skepticism is always, always required. Okay. For at least one of these three uh, leaks. Okay. Because two of them at least are video and audio. So there's nothing for you to be skeptical about. They're literally there and there are, people have been identified as the people who've been saying that. The one that you could be skeptical about is the written report okay whether or not that was an actual report or not okay but the reason why i'm skeptical that this is fake is because in reaction to this leak what farce agency did do you know what did they said what their response was their response was like we do have such reports we do make these reports that was their official response that these kind of reports do exist. So why would they like I don't understand why yeah, would they what is say that, that supposed to mean? That that we do like part of our job. So basically this report was a report from the Farce agency, which is supposed to be a news agency, but this report, if it's real, shows that Farce news agency is actually an intelligence operations with the cover of being a news agency. Okay. I mean, because that's not entirely that, surprising. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I guess what people suspected for a while. But what that, what that report is is a report of certain a summary of different important notes to an IRGC to high official a high member yeah. of IRGC member. Okay, like a lead, the leading figure in IRGC, right? So why would a news agency make an intelligence reports to? Um, the, one of the main armed forces in the country. Like you're a news agency. This is an intelligence report. So you're actually an intelligence operation, right? And a lot so, of the report had to do with collecting information about like outside sources, independent media, what they're reporting about, what the regime knows, what they're reporting about, what intelligence, US intelligence services know, et cetera, et cetera. So they're also doing a lot of like information collecting. Right, right. So, um, 
so let me actually, so let me make sure two two more things about the leak information and then we can move on right one from the audio leaking uh, audio that was hacked and one from the report let me do the report first okay one of the most interesting numbers i saw in this report and again this is not us saying this this is the part of the iranian government telling this to another part of the iranian gov government the number the level okay so there was a question this is it government's own poll their own questionnaire this is how people answered it okay the question was how do you view the protests okay do you see them as like helpful or not helpful or constructive or do, what what percentage of the people responded do you think found the protest as something that is helping something that will make the country better well i think i saw the results of these polls so i think I ah, the damn. it was 84 percent. oh i was gonna say 70 percent. damn a <laughs> <laughs> 84% according to the Islamic Republic's own poll found the current protests in Iran to be something, not, not necessarily that they want the regime to topple or something like that, but they are on the side of the protests. They think the protests will make Iran a better place. That is a damning number. If this report, if this leak is actually a true leak, that is what how people are responding to a government poll. I don't know. What Holy shit! <laughs> Contrast to the government polls in Russia, right? For so, comparison, right? Oh my god! So there, there's that. Another thing, and last thing I want to highlight, unless I remember anything else about the audio leak, is that when you listen to the audio, there was a part of it that was very interesting to me that they were saying that the way that they they're being instructed to talk about the protests. So they were talking about the propaganda, the way they, there was a lot of discussion around the propaganda and how they do propaganda. So this information is very revealing to us because it shows how people in the regime are having a conversations behind the scenes about what narratives to put out there. Okay. So for example, this is not what I want to highlight, but I just want to give you an example is that they have orders to talk about um, the previous protests, like the former protests, like, they're like, you have to talk about it as if it's done. Like it's something that was done in the past and that we have moved on, right? So they're saying every line that we talk about the protest has to be something that has passed. That's how you're supposed to talk about it, right? So to give the impression to the Iranian public that, okay, we had protests, it's over, now we're moving on, right? Um, so this is like, but the, the interesting thing that I want to highlight is when they were discussing the propaganda around the, the way they talk about the protests, they were like, we have to, the, the upper ups are insisting that we constantly say that these protests are um, American and Israeli, okay? So they're foreign influence. And then somebody said, don't forget Saudi. We have to say Saudi because our our intelligence shows that people don't are not bothered that much by American or Israeli, oh but they're God. bothered by it being Saudi. Okay, they, they just say that they say like people are not that much bothered if you say Israeli or American. You have to say that this is Saudi-backed protest. <laughs> Wait, can you like explain the significance of that a little bit for people who don't 
just no. Well, I can think of because I had a strong that... reaction. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you what my reactions are, and then you tell me what you think about it. One is the fact that they also the regime is also admitting that Iranians are not very hostile towards America or Israel. That's a very huge like the the, the Islamic Republic um, staff are admitting to themselves that calling something Israeli, people are like, they don't see Israel as evil, like the, the regime sees itself, see, sees Israel. Like they're like, no, don't have an allergic reaction to something being Israeli. And they're admitting that, right? That's my first impression. Second of all, the fact that it doesn't really matter to them what the truth is. The narrative that they're coming up with is based on what people, what reaction they could get out of people like they have to say that this is foreign influence or saudi backed because they want people not to support it right which is similar very similar to what chinese government is now saying about the protest that is happening in china another similarity by the way between the china uh, china ccp's narrative of the protest in china and iran's narrative is that their reaction to it is very similar as well right because a, lo I, a lot of times when you have protests in Iran and the regime in Iran says, oh, this is foreign-backed, foreign-backed, this is like outside influence, a lot of Iranian protesters say like foreign influence, like Islam, you know, like you mean like, oh, this is like, oh, these protesters are supported by foreign ideology. And Iranians, a lot of Iranians are like, well, I mean, your entire system is Islamic, which is a foreign a foreign ideology to Iran, right? I'm dead. And <laughs> so, so, but Suze, I heard something recently from the Chinese protesters, okay? Mm -hmm. The Chinese protesters were accused of being foreign influence. And the Chinese protesters, they said like, oh, you mean like Marx? You mean like Lenin? <laughs> so... I was like, oh my god, this is communism so is technically a Western ideology. Yeah, technically, it's a German, it's a German yeah. and Russian, you know, ideology. So I was like, I do. So, oh my <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, this is such deja vu. But anyways, wow. <laughs> so what really shocked me was when you were telling me about this was like the extent to which Khamenei is actually has his hand so deeply in the situation the extent of the micromanaging because from afar like i mean he spent what almost two weeks two and a half weeks not saying anything when the uprising first started and then now he started to make more public appearances con more consistently um but yeah, but there seems he kind of gives this air of being like aloof and above it all, right? But then this leak showed how much he actually has his hands like in every aspect. Yeah, he he, he the Abdul Hamid guy, the Friday the Friday leading Friday Imam of Zaydan, Khamenei for example saying this guy do not arrest him but destroy his reputation. Like he had in the specific individuals in mind and he was giving specific instructions on how each one of these, like, not like, because he makes it seem like, oh, I just give, like, 
a general guideline and some people like my interpretation was exactly. like he just says something like a Quranic verse like he, gets, he says something and different people like take his words and come up with different interpretations of it and that's uh, people follow his commands based on their interpretations and he just just a general guideline but now we know that no he's like this person needs to be treated like this this person needs to be treated like that he's hands on Khamenei is hands on and he is also specific like he has the report says that like, Khamenei has specific complaints about specific individuals. He has complaints for IRGC. Khamenei is not happy with IRGCs. So, and Khamenei is also not happy with Raisi. He had complaints about Raisi's. There's so much division. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, the report, the leak reports go so much in line with his recent speech. Okay? Because the report shows that the besiege, the besiege, the, the morality police, the um, the plain clothes, plain, plain clothes you know, part of the military, that the religious part, the very religious part of the you know um, anti riot force, um, that they're demoralized, that they don't know. A lot of them are skeptical. Some of them don't know if they're doing the right thing, right? And Khamenei's speech was so obviously trying to tell. Encourage, tell them that they're on the right side, that they're doing the right thing, that they shouldn't let other people. Like, why would Khamenei give in his speech address to besiege? Tell them not, not, uh, not to let others make them doubt their position, because they're doubting their position. Like he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't say those things unless that that was a problem right now. He used yeah. a verse from the Quran that all the exegesis and Tasfir speaks on how this oh verse is always used to reinvigorate soldiers and troops when they're losing, when they're yes. facing defeat. <laughs> so how it shows how weak this? they are when, yeah. how do I know this? I do my research, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Susie. Like wow. Historically, they only cite this part of the Quran when you're getting your ass kicked and you need to be like, no, we got this, okay? Allah has our back, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> As you're, you're really good at this. I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have um, some other stuff I wanted to show. So in the show notes, I collected some uh, things that I'd like to show. One of them has to, I think the f- first two have to do with um, Zahadan. Yeah, exactly. And do then... You- um. Do you One mind bringing is... those up yourself? Because I want to show something in Tehran. Okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, give me a second. Let me make this nice and big. Oh, come on. Don't do this to me. Okay. Where is I it? I want to show you something. I showed this with Harris Sultan on the Secular Jihadist. I want to mm-hmm. show it here as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, so while you do that, I'll show people this. So you just... Um, so this oh, is pretty you? significant. Um, one thing that the uh, protests revealed to us, the, the leaks, excuse me. So the, the these leaks that we were talking about revealed how Khamenei has his hands in everything and specifically how he wants to take out in the media war uh, Mualvi uh, Abdul Hamid, who is the most prominent Sunni leader in all of Iran and also a very vocal advocate for the discriminated against Baluchi people. 
And so in response to this, there were huge protests in Zahedan, which is the capital city of Sistan and Baluchistan province. And um, some of these videos and signs are so amazing. Like, let me, do you have audio? No, no. No audio. No. Okay. Um, oh, you, you don't have audio. That's why, because you don't have audio. What are you talking about? I do have audio. But the, the speaker was had the cross. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, so some of these signs are really awesome. Like, because it shows oh. how historically the regime uses fear mongering about separatists in Baluchistan and also Kurdistan, you know, on opposite sides of the country to try to separate people and also demonize and justify a lot of racism against these ethnic minorities. And, um, some of these placards are awesome. They read things like if Kurds and Baluchis were separatists, they would fight with Iran, not for Iran. Right. I, I just like seeing, I don't know, people be so explicit oh. in their messaging. Go back, go back to the other picture. This one? No, no, not that one. Yes, you're right. They're saying like they're not separatists. You're right. The one be behind, not the the one behind mm -hmm. is that saying that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so also, also, this is very significant because women are showing up in the protest and in system Baluchistan, they're famous for women not joining in the protest because they're like more the patriarchy is a lot more pronounced in system Baluchistan than other provinces. Uh, so a lot of people are like, oh, system Baluchistan is fighting for women's rights. System Baluchistan has a is more anti-woman than the rest of Iran. And who are they to speak about women's rights, right? They don't even have women showing up in their protests. They have their women locked up in their home. So who are they to even join the protests, right? So now we're saying waves of women. This is uh, this is kind of new. I mean, I know, like, not completely new, but very significant that now it's, it's still very significant. Not... And they're showing up in much yeah. larger numbers. Yeah, it, it is a much more conservative area. And the flavor yes. of it is different because it's predominantly Sunni. But here, um, yeah. So wait. here, here in Sistan Baluchistan, you're not going to see women taking off their hijab. Like that's you know the fact that they're even outside is very unique for Sistan Baluchistan. So this is not like the Tehran part of Iran. This is this is as liberal as you could get. The fact that they're allowed to leave their homes, um, I mean, is is crazy for for. There was one where. They, like, um, like, see, see, in some women even have their hijab has the burqa. Like, this is the one of the few places in Iran when women cover their faces. Like, even in places where women have hijab in Iran, they don't cover their faces. Yeah. Yeah, but go on. There, um, look at how big the crowds were. So this yeah. was the protest in response to the knowledge about this defamation of Abdul Hamid coming out. And so huge signs, huge show of support, basically saying like Abu Hamid like is our red line. Like you touch him, we're going after you. And right. yes, there was just a huge so. show of support. And there was this amazing video. Yeah, look at these women yeah. with the Zan Zendegi Azadi signs. Yeah, this is not like Zan protesting for women's rights well women who wear clothes like this usually don't prote don't protest for women's rights so this is like unique there was another one this is incredible they're all these women and what they're chanting is whether with or without hijab we are going towards revolution 
Yes. So women, conservative women who want to wear the hijab are chanting in favor of women in Iran who don't want to wear the hijab. So these are extremely, this extremely conservative women. These are these are the this is the most conservative part of Iran that you could get. I will show you videos of like very liberal part of Iran right after this. But can you play this audio? I want to make sure that this, what they're saying. Let me know if you have the audio. No idea. Okay, it's fine. Send it to me later. But that's pretty crazy. Um, can I show you something now? Because mm-hmm. that's like this is one of what Susanna showed you was one of the most conservative parts of Iran. This is one of the most liberal parts of Iran. Okay. And well, not like there are many places like this, like the main the main cities, okay, like Tehran, Shiraz, Esfahan, right? Um, this is how this is now. This is a very recent video. This is first of December. This is like uh, three days ago. This is three days ago in Tehran, Iran. Look how people are hanging. Out. So in Iran, it's still the hijab is mandatory. It's still illegal for you to walk in in, in Iran without a hijab. But in the major cities. At least half of the women are just not wearing the hijab, even though it's illegal. Look at this. This is not in the middle. What I'm showing you is day-to-day life. This is not in the middle of protests where people take off their hijab as a sign of protest. This is just normal day-to-day life in Iran. This is Tehran. Hold on. Look at this. Can you believe this is Iran? Look at this. I don't. I mean, I'm Iranian. I can't believe this. This is how people are just chilling in Iran without hijab. Like some people are wearing their hijab. Oh wait, I need to. When you showed this to me a few days ago, what I said was the proportion of women I see wearing hijab in this video is the same as the proportion of women I see wearing hijab like around Europe. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody's saying that's the mob. No shit. Of course that's the mob. This is you can't this is public. You can't wear the you can't wear you can't be in the mall without a hijab. That's illegal in Iran. And just half of the women are just not wearing a hijab. Much more than half. Most. Most okay, but this is look at this. This is outside. This is in public. She's wearing a t-shirt. She's wearing a t-shirt. This is like the Iranian version of just walking out like naked. Like I cannot, I don't understand how to explain this to you guys. Wearing a t-shirt, a woman just coming out into the mall wearing a t-shirt is crazy to me at least because I haven't been in Iran for more than a decade. Yeah. Gurdjian is saying fantastic. Wait, did I see somebody? Charles is saying this looks like flipping Stockholm or Copenhagen. <laughs> I'm looking for women who are wearing their hijab. These are matching. In this right. video, oh, it's like here, hijab. Hijab. maximum 20%. And that's being very generous. Okay, but this is like a mall. So you have to be upper, like probably more people who go inside the mall are upper class, right? Oh, especially so I don't nowadays. Know. I think, yeah, I think in the street is 50 in Tehran. In the streets are 50-50. Look, hijab, no hijab, no hijab. And like this. no one is saying anything. Nobody is like, they're acting like it's normal. Like people are just chilling. Like nobody is like shocked. Like, oh my God. 
she doesn't have a hijab. Like people are just they, yes, you're right. Actually, that's what it gets me. The, the how casual and how not a not a big deal it is. Oh, this is Burger Factory. Burger Factory. <laughs> hijab. Hijab. No hijab. No hijab. Anyways, that's just that's just mind blowing. I mean, this is remember like a few months ago we were having a show and I was like, I, the, the, no, this is this can't be undone. They can't put this back in the box. I'm like, no, but they have you have like they have reports that they're gonna like, oh, we're gonna make we're gonna enforce their job now. And I'm like, they can't. There's just too many. Do you know how impossible it is to enforce their job now? They literally need like a like an armed force at every corner. Like they need like a, a, an art like. There's no army that uh, in Iran to be able to put the hijab back on women's head right now, even if it is the law. Um, there was a few more things I wanted to show. This is some more footage from uh, Zahadan. Just like massive, massive crowds. And again, look at all these women like coming out to protest with, you know, like pro-woman fist-raised signs. Like it's, it's so cool. It's crazy. Like seeing... This kind of solidarity across like conservative, liberal, ethnic groups, it just really it makes me emotional. Like I just I just love to see it. The I think Selva I wanted... Selva is summarizing this for Americans very well. So this is like <laughs> basically this is the redneck version of Iran. Yeah, this is this this would be the redneck version of where uh, of Iran, and they are supporting the cause, right? So the most conservative part of Iran is supporting what a lot of people associate with a liberal movement. That's why this is significant. But yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. Um, this is also really funny. So one thing we didn't talk about <laughs> is you talked about this on the Q&A that you did this week with Secular Rarity, <laughs> but the responses <laughs> to the... Um, to the loss of Iran losing to America in the football game. Should we talk about that just a little bit? Because we didn't discuss that at all, and that did happen this week. That was significant. Yeah, I mean, I you guys should go. Where did we discuss this? Oh, yeah, we discussed this on the Q&A. You guys should go watch that. But we just, we just showed clips of Iranians celebrating uh, their loss in World Cup to U.S. So we had pitched videos of Iranians in Iran, in Iran, just waving around the American flag, uh, celebrating with fireworks and dances everywhere in Iran. It looked were... like the Fourth of July American Independence Day in in San Andaj, like. Cele celebrating the Iranian team's loss to United States. Iranian people, Iranian people who their main religion is soccer. The main religion, like I grew up around fanatics of Iranians who wanted nothing else more than seeing the Iranian team win. Like they, they, their entire lives were defined by it. And this year when they were so against the regime, then they saw the Iranian team as the, the regime's team that they were celebrating the other side, even though the other side was the United States. Can you do you understand how significant it is? This is the first time in history where a country, the people of a country, come out in mass celebration, celebrating the loss of their team of their country, and that's significant by itself. And also, Iranians in Iranian streets 
waving around American flags, congratulating United States team to, in defeating an Iranian team. I wish I had videos of the American flags waving. I had right now. some Iranian friends message me like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes. No, congratulations to all of us, brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> But this meme made me laugh. It was like oh. agents of the Islamic Republic after USA's World Cup victory over their national team. And it's a yeah. professor on a whiteboard saying, we are effed. <laughs> and then, By the way, Selma wait. just got f memberships for five people. Oh, um, wow. Thank you so people much, People are Selma. saying That's thank amazing. you, Selma. And yeah, yeah, you rock. Thanks. Oh, look at this. Oh, Thanks, bro. People, people just got so many memberships. Look at that. And so nice. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you thank you for, for supporting our work and also yeah. giving the gift of emojis and memberships to everyone else. Um, wait, I just wanted to. Yes, look at these parties. Yeah, guys, these are these are celebrations in Iran because the Iranian team lost. This is my favorite. <laughs> Do you have any examples of the American flag? Wait. Sorry, what did you say? I was too sucked into the Kurdish music. <laughs> Do you have any examples of the American flag being waved in the in Iran as a celebration? Let me see. Hold on, maybe I can find. Yo, the fireworks going off and everything. It's so great. Oh, here. I had a couple of examples here. This Look at even in Zahadan. <laughs> it's so lit. Oh my god. Here, let me show. Here, my screen. Look at this. So what I am showing you right now is people celebrating the Iranian team loss. And this is an American flag you're watching in Iran and people celebrating a United States win over Iran. In Iran. Look at this. People are cheering. And they're saying they have to dictator. And there's a guy like, look at this, with American flag. And when people see it, they cheer. When the people see the American flag in Iran, they cheer. It's crazy. This is crazy. Also, like there's more American flag waving here. Here. Look at that. People, when they, other people, when they see that she has the American flag out, the people are saying like, congratulations, like they're like cheering her, for, <laughs> thanking her for having the American flag out. Oh my God. Guys, you do, I don't know if people understand how historic this is. Like how much louder can America, can Iranians show to the world how angry are with their government and with their, with, with, but, other than like celebrating the loss of their team, like people yeah. like this is upside down world. Yeah. Well, especially like when you've been indo indoctrinated, like since birth, that this is yeah. your enemy and the destruction of your nation and like the family unit. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty significant. Um, there. 
Are there any other? This, um, oh, go for, go for it. Let me read the super chat. Uh, how do you pronounce Christian? I think name? he likes Christian. us to say GJ. GJ. GJ is saying, My housekeeping lady's daughter is now in Qatar with her dad who flew over from Iran. She dressed in all orange and flying Dutch, red, white, and blue flag. Okay. Cool. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Yes, um, thank you for the super chat. For the six euros. Yeah, go, go on. What are you um, well, okay, there are a couple of big breaking, like huge breaking stories that just happened. So the extent to which Iran is cooperating with Russia to crack down on the protests is like just been revealed. There's also been a, you know, supposedly the attorney general has announced that they're going to disband the morality police. And there is supposedly going to be a review of the mandatory hijab law. However, this literally came out a few hours ago. So we're still waiting for more information and we're definitely going to dive into it more next week. Um, I do think it's still really important to emphasize how much this crackdown is still as bloody as it as it ever has been because now we have reports of at least again at least 448 people being killed since mid-september and now there are even three children who are facing death penalty charges who have been charged with crimes that carry the death penalty as punishment children children so Obviously, this is like very severe and very significant. Um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I wish that I had a freaking image prepared. Give me a second. Um, was the case of Arash Sadegi. I can't pronounce his name right, Armin. What's the right way that you pronounce it? You know, the gay, the gay fucking kills me. Okay. Oh, which yeah. what place? No, not a place. Wait. Arash Sadegi. Oh, Sadari. Arash Sadari. Yeah. So, wait, give me a second. I want to pull up an image of him. Um, because, so for those who don't know, Arash Sadari is a really, really significant and historic um, protest figure in Iran. And, wait, here we go. This is perfect. Oh, you want to share your screen? Yeah, if my computer would freaking behave. Should I share your screen? I can't click on it. Yeah, no, one second. It's just not showing the right post. Fuck. Okay, let's just do it like this. So, whoops. Here are some pictures of Arash. And he is a very historic civil rights activist, human rights activist in Iran, who's basically spent the last... I don't know, 12 plus years in and out of jail ever since 2009. And I mean, his story is so, there's so much to get into. And this, what the regime has put him through and his family, like the level of tragedy and cruelty that he has been subjected to by this government is something that even like a Greek playwright of tragedies could not come up with because it's so messed up like just the levels and it's like too much to get into now but just like the amount of suffering is so severe but arash is he 
is very significant for many reasons. He's fought for prisoner rights and just many general civil rights. And he un has undergone um, hunger strikes that severely damaged his body. And at the beginning of the uprising, he was rearrested by the government. And even though he has bone cancer. And so he's being denied treatment by authorities for his bone cancer and the other medical needs that he has, that he has a as a result of this, his ill treatment by authorities over the past over 10 years. And the United Nations has come forth and condemned the treatment of Arash. And so I just wanted to, you know, mention his story because I think it's really important to get more attention on it and to get more pressure on the regime to release Arash, let him receive medical treatment, because we saw how severe the situation was with Hussein Ronagi, another very significant human rights activist in Iran, who the regime was basically actively killing via torture. And it was through pressure internationally, pressure on social media, that just last week, or week and a half ago, he was finally released on bail and was finally able to receive treatment for one, going on hunger strike for over two months, and two, the torture that he was experiencing by the regime over the past eight weeks. So I really want to raise awareness about what's happening to Arash and make sure to go, um, you know, tweet about it, post about it, use the hashtag with his name and get more pressure again on the government to let him go receive medical care and see his family. So I think that's really, really important. All right, we should move on to the next thing. But uh, one, okay, Higgs Boson is asking a question. I need to answer it. I'm hearing that morality police is um, abolished. It's breaking news. Well, hold your horses. Um, it's not abolished. They're talking about whether or not they should start talking about abolishing it. Okay, and 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 even if they ever move forward with that, they probably just. I mean, okay, are we talking officially or effectively? Because effectively, um, it's kind of abolished right now in many places, as in, as I showed you in some of these videos, right? There are reports right? that it hasn't, they haven't been seen in Tehran for like a few weeks now. Yes. Um, also, just remember when it's some, the Iranian regime, when they abolish something, they could just bring it back tomorrow and like, oh, we're putting it back at any moment. Like they could just abolish it when the protesters, when when they feel pressure and they just could bring it back anytime they want, right? The, the point is that the Iranian people are not, they, the protesters are not fools. Then they know that something that it can so easily be taken away can so easily be brought back. So this is not something that is going to make them satisfied, right? Uh, the protesters don't want the morality police to be abolished. That's not what they're asking for. The protesters are not asking for mandatory hijab to be removed. That's not what they're asking for. What the main chants are, what the protests are about, are the toppling of the regime. They know any kind of these, any like they were expecting a lot of um, small gestures by the government like this to happen. And they already been preparing for it because they know the government is weak, so it's going to give in to certain things like that. They have been way before the government makes moves like this. They have come out and said, just remember, 
not to give in if they just if they're just throwing crumbs at you that this is not what we're out here for. We're out here for the fall of the regime, right? Just so just so that you know how people how much people expect for the government to uh, give in because they don't seem to be able to crush the protests. Um, it's been a couple of weeks, I think even a month now, that in Iran they are making movies with two scenes. They're taking every shot. They're doing every shot. They're taking two different shots. The movie makers, one with hijab, one woman without hijab. Because movie makers in Iran are expecting the mandatory hijab laws to be removed. So they just oh, wow. so they're making a non-hijabi versions of the movies just in case the hijab is not mandatory. So when at the release date, they could actually release the not hijab version. That's oh, how God. that's how much people are expecting the hijab laws to be removed, that they're making two scene, two versions of every movie. Wow. <laughs> but great jedi makes a very good point where he says i doubt it will be abolished but probably rebranded and yeah yes i was talking, I was talking to babak about before about this before the show and he's like yeah this has been rebranded so many times before and he listed off at least like five different names of different things that has been called over the years yeah the, the smartest thing they could do to make themselves look good if they but it's not going to work is for them to rebrand it and then go after corruption right because instead of going after women without hijab or people going out with dates right to go after use the same forces to go after some rich corrupt people okay because that throwing out some meat to the lions we're like oh look we're taking you seriously instead of arresting women we're arresting people who are responsible for poverty, the corruption. This is what this is what this is what you want us to use these forces for, right? That would be the smart thing to do uh, to make everyone happy, but that's not going to make them happy. Like that's not going to be enough. They yeah. people are that out there for blood. I think oh, that, <laughs> my friend, that is an understatement. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the rhetoric. Um. Yeah, but this is breaking news. We're going to dive into this a lot more next week because this literally just came out like right before the show. Um, and, oh, there was something I was going to say, but I forgot. Well, Selva Kumar is also saying Armin ignored my membership milestone. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Let me actually bring two membership milestones that I... It's because I, I, none of them, they don't appear in our stream yard. They don't. Yeah, I have to look at phone. my call. Selva... Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Let me just no, go. don't apologize. Okay. I mean, Selva had a two year total <gasps> membership. Oh! Wow, also, uh, GJ also had a two month membership milestone, and he said hi from Holland. Sorry for being late again. Okay, so two membership milestones one for Selva and one from GJ. Thank you guys. Sorry, oh my I missed goodness. It. Oh. Well, thank yes. you guys oh. so much for being such a great part of the Atheist Republic community. It's amazing. <laughs> Really quickly, Shriyash has a question. He's saying, what's a good source to learn Farsi? I think Iran will come with some interesting cinema. Honestly, they already do. Pre-revolution Iranian cinema. Um, I'm a nerd. You, what's wrong with subtitles? Why would you waste your time learning Farsi? There's subtitles. 
Oh my god, I'm obsessed with Farsi. It's a beautiful language. No, not you. You, yes, you make sense. Okay, you're part of Iranian activism. You're there. You're dating an Iranian, so you should learn Farsi. But why would Shreyash don't waste your time learning Farsi? Okay. Yeah. If you do want to learn Farsi, I suggest there's a YouTube channel that I watch, and I think it's called Learn Persian with Majid. Like Google that, mm. and you'll probably find it. I find it. It's um. It's, it's really useful because he uses a lot of cultural context and references, which teaches you a deeper knowledge about how these things are actually used versus just what you say. Yeah. So um, I highly suggest that. Asian Americans saying subs because subs are dumb. Okay. Um, and subtitles. also... Don't put that on subs. Subtitles. Yeah, don't put <laughs> subtitles. Yes. No. Don't disrespect subs. <laughs> Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got defensive. <laughs> De defending your people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good, good, good. That's cute. Um, something I don't remember is celebrating your six-month membership, saying, why no new emojis? Oh, yeah. Do we need to add new new emojis? I'll have to check what our membership number is. Because yes, we okay. get throttled, like we we YouTube will max out the amount of emojis we can have based on how many members we have. So mm. right now, I GJ think max. But I'll check. Okay, okay. GJ saying, can can you say anything about uh, about numbers of RAPE victims? We don't have numbers for that. We just know it's happening, no. but we don't have the numbers. You mean like what the regime is doing systematically? No, we don't have numbers. Yeah, we don't have numbers for that. No. Yeah. Uh, Engagement American is correcting himself. He's saying, okay, LOL. Subs, DOMs, and switches are all valuable. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> valuable and valid. <laughs> all right. Can we clap for the next news? Um, yes, this is very interesting. Ooh. Look at this. Elva is saying, I can sponsor five memberships every month for new emojis. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. Thank you, guys. Wow. All right. Clap for next news. Yep. Next news. Next news. Chinese troll army unleashes tsunami of insults and blasphemy against Islam. According to a report written by Theodorus uh, Benakis for the publication European Interest, the Wumao army also known as the 50 Cent Army, known to be the internet trolls of the Chinese government, has hurt the religious sentiments of Uyghur Muslims on social media several times. The Wumao Army is a group of internet critics hired by the authorities of the People's Republic of China, or PRC, to spread information to benefit the governing Chinese Communist Party, or CCP. Banakis explained that China is using quote-unquote Islamophobia to discriminate against Uyghur Muslims by promoting negative beliefs about Islam and therefore justifying the government's brutal policy towards Uyghurs. A policy of cultural genocide is underway in the so-called Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, or XUAR, with the aim of creating, quote, a unified China inhabited by a unified people. Chinese leader President Xi Jinping recently reaffirmed his commitment to Beijing's policies in the ex-UAR at a two-day party conference in September 2020, saying, 
quote, practice has demonstrated that the party's strategies for governing Xinjiang in the new era is entirely correct, he stated. And I think I misspoke. I meant to say September 2022. Okay, I don't understand. Um, look at this tweet. Read this tweet. As Islamophobia takes place, takes root in the West, there is a silent cultural genocide against the Uyghur Huri Muslims in East, namely China. Not so silent is China's digital troll army, the Wu Mao and Bu Mao, using Weibo platform to spread blasphemous insults against Islam. Hashtag Somalia. Okay, I don't know why they hashtagged Somalia. That's weird as hell. But <laughs> basically... And this was very interesting to me. I didn't know this. Is that, well, Armin, I think you have some familiarity with the Wu Mao army because we follow like creators that cover Chinese topics and they're constantly being trolled by the Wu Mao. For those who don't yeah. know, it is like a, a cyber IT army of people who are paid money. I think it's like 50 cents per post or something. I think in reality, it's actually less. But the name Wu Mao or 50 Cent like comes from how much they're paid basically to distribute disinformation, propaganda, and also just attack and mass report people who are opposition in opposition to them. Um, and so this report was basically talking about how there's a systemic use of insults and blasphemy against Islam as a way to kind of feed into negative attitudes towards the Uyghurs, which is very interesting. I hadn't heard about this before. I don't I don't like how does it work? Like because because we talk we attack and blaspheme against Islam. Right? Mm -hmm. But we we don't want to encourage any um normalization of attacking Muslims, right? Mm -hmm. So my, my concern is that how much does this feed into the narrative that attacking Islam normalizes attacking Muslims and makes it acceptable? I think it happens within a specific context where, so a lot of examples that were given about the blasphemy towards Islam have to do with talking about the age of Aisha and Muhammad being a pedophile and marrying a nine-year-old and da, 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 da. And these are like things that we talk about and things that are known and actually things that are accepted as canon within Islam, right? But then what goes the step too far is saying like, look, this is why our policies towards Muslims are justified. But do they say that or do they just spread like, or does it, okay, so my concern is like, because I don't want to be doing something that helps this, right? Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we take a position against Islam and fight against any form of misbehavior or oppression of Muslims. Mm -hmm. Okay, at the same time, right? But how much does our attacks on Islam um, help people who want to normalize attacking Muslims? I think it's important for us to check sometimes like do the like are these troll accounts are they effective at what they do or do they do they, when they attack islam do they 
Do they need to then say something that justifies attacking Muslim for their work to work? Or does just attacking Islam is enough for them to normalize what they're doing? Because I don't want to be helping their, their movement. I don't want to be like, I want to make sure that when we're attacking Islam or we're blaspheming against Islam, we're not helping such people who are like mm -hmm. normalizing a genocide. Yeah. I think in terms of like the actual content that you're asking these questions about, like I don't speak Mandarin Chinese. So, and I'm not on Weibo. So like, I don't have the availability to go out and really dive into exactly what this looks like in real life. You know, I have to depend mm -hmm. on other people reporting on what kind of content it is, what, how it's phrased, what kind of conclusions they're leading people to. Right. But I think the most important distinction with us is that we're constantly Every time we specifically make the distinction between these ideologies and the people. And we are always raising issues about the bigotry and mistreatment towards the people. To very, very clearly make a distinction. Um, I think, because your question is like how... I'm, I'm repeating my your question back to you to make sure I understand. Like how much do they actually... I just hope that we're different. Like, this is why we're justifying the policies. or I just hope that what we're doing is very different from what they're doing. I just want to mm -hmm. make sure. Because if what they're doing works, then it could be argued that what we're doing also helps what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe I know that make... there is already, a, like, okay, my impression, okay? This is my impression, and based on the media that I've been exposed to and the things that I've seen and interviews with just like average people in China, you know, it's anecdotal. But my impression is that there is an underlying large amount of racism towards the Uyghur population mm. anyways. And so there's like the question of like, how much do you have to lead a horse to water? But like, you can't force them to drink it. A lot of these posts is kind of, it seems like they're leading the horse to water, but it's like, I don't have to make that extra step of saying, oh, this is why we're justifying these policies, because there's like a baseline understanding that the population is already not sympathetic to the weaker people like at all. Mm. Did that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, the only, th I mean, here's the thing. Here's how I look at it. And you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Cool. We can't not attack bad ideas okay mm -hmm. islam is a bad idea okay and you cannot ask us not to attack it right because that that sets a really bad precedent okay that could become even more harmful if we just some some bad ideas are removed right um but at the same time we don't also want to be used by our narratives or the arguments that we make, we don't want to be used for people that mean other people harm, right? We don't want to be used as a way to like, just because some certain people have bad ideas, for that to be, be used as a justification to treat those people any differently, right? Or take away their rights or abuse them or in, in any way. And I, what we, what I think is the only way to treat this is to defend those people that have these ideas at the same time that you attack their ideas. That's the only solution that I could come up with. But if anybody has any feedback, let me know if there's any other way, right? 
So we, on this, on Atheist Republic, we defend Muslims' rights constantly, more than more obsessively than most Islamic channels, right? Like yeah. we defend Muslims in India and Muslims in China more consistently and more obsessively than the vast majority of the Islamic channels I follow. This atheist channel does that, right? While we constantly attack Islam, we constantly also defend Muslims. And that's the only way that I could figure out to for us to call out bad ideas without feeding into the normalization of abusing them. Mm -hmm. If you think there's a better way, let us know. No, I agree. Um, there are some really interesting comments in the live chat, which I think are really worth highlighting. So, um, Bara is saying genocide is real. Islamophobia is not. Yes. For those who are not aware, people really criticize the idea of Islamophobia because it's, you know, talking about an idea as instead of actually talking about the bigotry towards people. Um, and D is saying the motivations are different. Atheist Republic doesn't advocate for cultural genocide and concentration camps. True. We actively oppose those things. Good things to oppose. Um, and Gaijin American is saying the conclusion is that the CPC can reform Islam. Some people really believe that a lot of Uyghurs deserve these work camps, that they're lucky that they're not executed outright. Unfortunately, based on, you know, my research and everything I've learned about the situation over the past few years, this seems to be a pretty widespread idea. Like I've seen interviews of people in China and just like people on the street asked about what their opinion is about what's happening in Xinjiang. The stuff they say is shocking. It's mm. shocking. So, um, and, oh, this is a great comment from Asian American saying we are challenging bad ideas in consent filled spaces. The CPC is violating their bodily consent. That would be an understatement. Yes. On so many different levels. Um, uh, Higgs boson is saying 63 watching only 30 likes. Hey guys, make sure to hit that like button. Thank you for reminding us Higgs boson. And, um, Shirash is saying attack CC Chinese faith and CCP the same way you attack Hindutva atheist Republic. We often we do. do. Yeah, we often do. Probably not as much as Hindutva, but we do often. Because Chinese faith. I mean, um, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party has had a love-hate relationship with Confucianism, right? So they went in, they started going extremely anti-Confucianist as something that communism is against tradition and previous tradition and faith and stuff. And stuff. But now what we have the CCP today is legalism um, with communist branding and Confucianist taste. So today the, you think it's legalism? Yeah, today I think the CCP is legalist in practice, uh, Confucianist in you know in marketing, and communist only in branding. So they're using Confucianism as a way to promote the Chinese brand because 
it's not about communism anymore. It's about Power. Chinese. It's about the Chinese brand, right? So it's any anything that is associated with China, it's good, right? So confusion and it's the Chinese brand. So you want to increase your soft power around the world. It doesn't matter if that Confucianism was something that the Communist Party used to be completely against. It's Chinese because it's Chinese. It's a good thing to promote um, as a way to um, increase your soft power around the world. I mean, also, if you want to enforce social hierarchy, Confucianism is one of the best ways to do it. It's so socially and strictly stratifying. It's it's crazy. Like, when I read about Confucianism, my skin starts to crawl because it's so strict and oppressive into how you're supposed to act sheerly on the basis of your way of relating to another person and not of their qualities in any capacity. I would go insane. Actually, Gaijin American is saying it a lot better than I did. Legalist in the government, Marxist in branding, Confucian, Confucius in the house, okay? And the yeah, Confucius okay, that makes a in lot the house. Yeah, and also Confucius in um, branding outside of your borders, a soft power as well. Um, the Confucius in the house is very important because it's Confucius is anti-liberal, right? Confucius has very strict family structures. Uh, so it's, it works very well again to, as a way to create a base against the world liberal order that is the restructuring the family and it's becoming a lot more flexible with the understanding of mother and father and man and woman and all that stuff. So many places try to do that with islam and christianity and you will find that confucianist because it has very specific roles for people and family it's a very good way for the chinese ideology to resist this this liberalism that is like they see as a threat so there's that as well so yeah i think like going after confucianism might be a good thing for us to do as well but we need more yeah um yeah, people are reminding you to like and subscribe, guys. Like a lot of people are watching the show, and I don't know. It doesn't take it doesn't take much effort for you guys to like the video, and it really helps us, and it doesn't cost you anything. So please, while you're watching, just like the video. And we bring uh, you juicy stories every week. Yeah, GJ. Yeah, GJ is saying even Tommy Robinson claimed uh, okay or claims to want to protect even Muslims from Islam. Okay, yeah, but Tommy Robinson has says might say that but the way he talks about muslims um as foreign invaders makes it yeah, clear it that he that. doesn't really reflect the that claim harris sultan says sponsor my channel too then please <laughs> yes guys please subscribe to harris sultan channel um official sponsor of our channel just joking but yeah go subscribe to it all right we should move to the next news yes this is hilarious. I love the story. <laughs> what is this? There's nothing I love more than a good fatwa. Okay, guys? Breaking okay. news. New fatwa dropped, and it's okay. hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next news. Next news. Islamic preacher's hilarious new fatwa pisses off football fans. Oh, boy. As Egyptians continued to follow the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, an Egyptian Salafi leader, uh, Yunus uh, Mahyoun, released a new fatwa, or religious edict, declaring that football is a, quote, waste of time sparking debate in Egypt. 
uh, Mahyun stated, quote, watching 22 men run after a ball is a waste of time. A Muslim should not spend his time over the, <laughs> the matters that distract people from worshiping God. He continued, People who spend hours watching football matches could use this time to do something righteous and beneficial, such as reading parts of the Holy Quran. Enemies of Islam use this game to distract people from our fellows in Palestine who are being killed every day. He also criticized footballers such as Cristiano, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo for not being good role models to children, basically because he had children outside of marriage. Uh, Makyun is the former party president and chairperson of the Islamist and ultra-conservative Al-Nur party, which is loyal to current Egyptian president Abdul Fattah el-Sisi, who is notorious for ruling with an iron grip. So I loved this because I, I just thought this was so funny. Like, football is a waste of time. You should be reading the Quran. But in America... Because I've heard this kind of thing before. It, it's a kind of, the criticism is a little bit different. This is how I thought his statement was going to go. I thought his statement was going to go, watching 22 men run after a ball is gay. <laughs> gay? Because <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of thing we hear in America, like especially with American football. Like, these men crouched over with their butts in front of each other's faces, like, playing with balls. People are like, I don't know, it's kind of gay. <laughs> That's not where he went with it. He went with, it's a waste of time. <laughs> but based on, okay, so where, based on what Islamic precedent or hadith is he, or Quranic verse is he getting this out of? Like, do, waste of time? Like... In, is entertainment on Islamic? This is he like, did this say, however, that sports for the sake of maintaining the glorious it, body that God gave you is totally fine. That's okay. You know, we want to maintain so, these temples that were gifted to us. Okay, got to take care of, got to take care of your body. But besides that, it's a waste of time. <laughs> what about watching movies? Based on this standard, watching movies would be a waste of time. Watching TV series would be a waste of time. Like, does he think going to watch a movie a waste of time? Probably. What if you read? <laughs> what about reading poetry? Because this has watching soccer for people who enjoy it has entertainment value. He mm -hmm. thinks that spending time for your entertainment is a waste of time. You could have used that better for praying or or reading the Quran or whatever. Right? Would he say the same thing about poetry? I don't know, because maybe he wouldn't say that because with poetry, I mean, maybe unless you're spending hours on it. I think part of what his contention was is how much time people spend on football. Hours. No, because hours you know, watching men no, play with a ball. But his fatwa is not on the amount of time being wasted. His fatwa is specifically on football. It was partially about the amount of time. Then why is, okay, what is the fatwa? So watching part of his quote is that no. it's yeah, just a waste of time 22? and that people who spend hours watching football matches could use yeah, but, this time to okay. do something righteous. So okay, I got so that you're not understanding hours. Yes, 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 yes. But the fatwa is not saying what is haram is wasting a lot of time. The fatwa is specifically saying football. 
Okay. So I'm just saying why football? This is it, this has entertainment value for some people. What if you spent 40 minutes reading poetry? Would that be haram, given that you're not praying, you're not reading the Quran or you're praying? Okay. Because guess what? Muhammad read poetry. Muhammad read poetry. Was he wasting his time? That was entertainment value for him. So I understand what the, what is the difference. The brother Just asked a very good question. I mean, I don't find what <laughs> watching soccer entertaining. No, but that's just my t- that's just my taste. Mm-hmm. This person is like I'm. Okay, so here's my point. He's this just a guy. Hater. Exactly. No, my point is that like that might be funny, but my that's my entire point. Like this is not the standard. I'm not just making fun of him. I'm just like pick. I'm being technical with this guy, right? This is not the way you issue fatwas. You don't issue fatwas based on your person. Like this is wrong, not because it's Islamic. This is wrong even by Islamic standards. You can't just issue fatwas based on what you don't like, right? You have to, when you do fatwa, you have an Islamic reason behind it. Like you come up with examples, you have like a hadith or a saying of, or, or like something, sunnah, or like something that Muhammad You also did, look at precedent. Say, yeah, you look at other fatwas, you look at, the Quran, you don't like, I, I don't like football, therefore haram. Like, I am being offended by this fatwa, not from, oh, this is Islam, non- therefore it's nonsense perspective. I'm being offended on behalf of Islam. Like, I, I'm, I'm putting my Muslim, <laughs> I'm putting my Muslim hat on and I'm being offended because this is, this seems to be like, this is t- turning the whole procedure of fatwa is turning it into a joke. Like he just oh like God. oh I don't like football therefore it's it's her own. To be fair, there the were deal? other there were other um, this became a big talking point in Egypt and there were people on other you know nightly talk shows that talked about this and there were other religious scholars who were like this man is full of crap like completely yeah. disagreed with him. I think other Muslims who conservative Muslims would think this is full of crap. Like guys, this yeah. like I'm I'm actually defending Islam here. This Islam is ridiculous, but not this ridiculous. You cannot just issue something haram just because you don't find it entertaining to yourself. Like, what is like the justification? What is the Islamic? There is no Islamic justification for this. Well, I mean, Armin, I don't know if you want to defend the standard the fatwas too much because do you remember the fatwa that happened in Egypt also? I believe around two thousand five, that um, you can work with men in the office if you breastfeed them. No, that was Islamic. Okay, no, no, that was that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Not no the point. Okay. That was more oh, I'm sorry, ridiculous. that made sense. Yeah, no, he Susanna, this is what I'm trying to make that was more ridiculous than this, but it had an Islamic justification. Okay, so what Susanna is like actually that's a great example, okay? So what Susanna is referring to was this fatwa by this Islamic scholar in Egypt that if men and women want to work in the same office space together, right? Like, because they have to be separate. The only way that men and women can work in the same working environment together is for the woman at the workplace to breastfeed the men, okay? So that they become halal to each other. And that's the only way that they can work with each other, right? But that makes Islamic sense, okay? 
We have hadith for that. We have precedent for that for why he would say something like that. I know that is more ridiculous than this football one, but it at least is based on Islamic hadith. This is based on nothing. I'm still not over that to this day. I'm still not over that. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh wait. Okay. D has some interesting additional context. Sheikh Abdul Moim al-Shalhat also said in Egypt, quote, only three sports are allowed in Islam, javelin throwing, swimming, and horseback riding. All other sports are forbidden in 2012. Um, That you have... That you have um, had these precedent, you know, for that, and he is correct, right? But that's not what this guy is saying. If this guy was saying football is wrong or soccer is wrong because these are the only three sports allowed in Islam, then we're like, okay, you're you're having an Islamic, uh, you have something in Islamic scripture that or tradition that could back this up, right? But this this guy is issuing a fatwa just because he finds this a waste of time. That's not how Islam works. I can't believe I have to tell a scholar, a Salafi leader, how Islam works. But yeah, go on. She is also saying a different religious scholar in Egypt said watching football matches is haram in 2014. So not the first time. Yeah, but haram based on what? Haram based on because it's not one of the sports that is allowed in Islam or based because because we're finding it a waste of time. You have to come up with the proper methodology with the proper reasoning that makes it Islamic. Unlike this idiot. I don't think this guy is a scholar. What is this? Is this like where is this what is this guy's credentials? I don't know. He is known as a Salafi leader and then he was also the former party president and chairperson of the Islamist and ultra conservative Al Nur party. I don't know okay, what his so, actual like so background. Not, he does, okay, is. he doesn't have the credentials to issue fatwas anyway. Like, take you can't take these guys' fatwas seriously. He's a political leader. He can't, can't just issue fatwas because you're a political leader. Which, like, yeah, no. Which I don't actually yeah. know. Maybe he has a religious educational background. I'm not entirely sure. All right, we have some super chats that we need to read. Two, yeah, two yeah, yeah. Let's go to that. Um. Uh, GJ gave us six euros. Thank you so much, GJ. And saying, off-topic bargain, are the Ask an Atheist Anything meetings going to stay in the middle of the night in UK and Western European time? I would like to partake there. Well, for now, maybe because we are, that's the time that me and Secularity have free. But that's why we have the Q&As with Harris um, and secular, like if you want to do a Q&A at a different time, you should also subscribe to the Secular Jihadist YouTube channel because uh, we do another Q&A that might work well with your time better uh, on Secular Jihadists, right? So on Atheist Republic, we have a Q&A that might not, doesn't work very well with the European, our European followers, but on Secular Jihadist YouTube channel, we do another Q&A that works very well. It's actually right before this show, right before the Atheist Republic news on the Secular Jihadists would do a Q&A. So you could try that on that with Harris Sultan, who's right here, by the way. Harris Sultan, I do that with, I do the Q&A with Harris Sultan. And he says, you like fatwas? I'll give you a better fatwa than this next week. Okay, guys, go subscribe to Harris Sultan. He has an interesting fatwa showing. Now I'm excited. 
And here's another. Fusion American just gave us $5. Thank you. Saying in Chinese paganism, the Yellow Emperor invented it after defeating Chi Yu and kicking around his inflated bladder. Story is disputed. Maybe it's pagan. <laughs> so, yes, the real reason that he created the fatwa is because uh, it actually has Chinese pagan origins. And he is also saying, I found a bunch of old stuff with a religious Egyptian religious people bashing sports while researching this story. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was funny because, like, football is huge in Egypt. Like, yeah. My impression is that they take it very seriously. So I was like, this must have gotten a big reaction. Um, okay, we got another super chat. GJ saying, shouldn't you flip those time slots then? Well, I can't because secular rarity can't make it at any other time. Mm -hmm. So secular jihadists with Harris makes like I have to think about my co-host as well. Yeah. Um, all right. It's middle of the night for people living in North America. We can't expect yes. that of people who have a life outside of this. All right. Can we clap for the next scenes? Um, oh, yeah. And no man, no man says I, Armin goes bonkers on that channel. Yeah, guys, go come check you're it out. You're getting spicy over there. I, yes. I tuned in at the end of Oof. the Secular Jihadist show today, and I was like, what the hell did I walk in on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, what is happening heated. here? Like, yeah. All hell is breaking loose. <laughs> That was Harris's fault, actually. All right, can I clap? <laughs> Blame it all on him. Um, yeah. yeah, we we can clap. It's fine. Next news. Next news. Water tank purified with cow pee after untouchable woman drank from it. Before we get into the news, I just want to say we only use the word untouchable so that people outside of the Indian subcontinent know what we're talking about. Most people don't know what the term Dalit means. And now that I've clarified this, that's the term I'll be using going forward. Um, on November 18th, upper caste Hindus in Karnataka, India, purified a water tank in with cow urine after a Dalit, the caste previously known as untouchables, woman drank water from it. The woman identified as Shivamma who was passing through the village on her way to a wedding. Upon seeing her drinking water, a village leader approached her, demanding to know her caste. He told her that people from scheduled castes must not drink from the tank. Scheduled castes is like various forms of lower castes that are in this system within the Indian government. They're just called scheduled or sometimes backward castes. A video of the Purification Act was uploaded to social media the day after and quickly went viral, spurring a police investigation. V. Somana, a legislative assembly member, said he would not tolerate such discrimination. On the 20th, officials from the Social Welfare Department spoke to the villagers, telling them that the water tank was public property and was available to all. To demonstrate this point, officials gathered 20 Dalit youth and had them drink water from all public water sources in the area. So what I thought was very interesting about this, well, one, something that will never make sense to me is the idea of purifying. There's so, okay, let's, let's just walk through what happened originally first. Okay. So there was a woman coming through the village and she wasn't in from the area and she drank from a water tank and because 
this Dalit woman drink from the water tank, the entire tank had to be emptied and then cleansed with cow urine. Now, first of all, it doesn't make, I mean, none of this is supposed to make sense, right? One, this is religious, spiritual nonsense and bigotry. Okay, so it's not going to make sense. It's inherently irrational. But if we were going to think about this logically, why would you have to empty the entire water tank when she drank from it? Like the water came out of the tank into her drinking vessel and she drank it. She didn't touch or come into contact with the rest of the water. Okay, you know, but this is just me overthinking things, right? <laughs> Two, I know people are supposed to be, you know, sensitive. But the idea of purifying something with the piss of an animal will never make sense to me. I'm sorry. And um, so that's kind of the backstory behind this. But what actually was kind of more positive, I guess, was the reaction that this garnered. Like, this received widespread condemnation. There were arrests made of people who were involved with this purification ritual. The people in various government bodies took this very seriously and basically intervened very directly to be like, hey, we don't tolerate this. It's not okay to have this, like, form of bigotry. We're really trying to make progress. And um, really took proactive action, which was not necessarily what I was expecting. Even going so far as to bring out a bunch of young Dalit kids and be like, oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to have them publicly drink from all of the water in these different areas of the village to show that this is something that not only we accept, but we're actively promoting. Um, so... I don't know. I thought, I thought that aspect of it was very interesting as well. That's why I thought it was like, okay, you know, to kind of clap for this kind of thing because of how seriously it was taken in the intervention that would, that they did. Um, yeah. <laughs> no one is saying, why are you using logic, Susie? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Susie overthinking. Yes. This is what I would do. Overthinking is my middle name. Um, <laughs> So I was saying, Susie, CEO Susie, you don't understand our ways. Stop bringing your Abrahamic mindset into this and using an Armin yelling emoji. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. <laughs> I don't. Um, so just to be clear, human touch of this, like you just drank from here and it made the entirety of that water inside spiritually unclean for consumption spiritually unclean that's so that's why they had to empty out the whole thing because a lower caste or outcast woman just drank from just this and the whole thing had to be emptied out and cl cleansed with cow urine so a human's touch because she's lower caste it has this much power to 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 make something dirty and unclean human touch but a cow's piss on the other hand has the ability to cleanse it so imagine this they're putting a certain humans of certain outcast humans their touch is 
are so unclean and a cow's piss is so clean that it could undo the dirtiness from this human's touch. You see how, how much higher a cow is in the Hindu religion, their status, than somebody who's a Dalit, which is an outcast, human. You know, you can see the hierarchy of a cow relative to a human being. It's really um, mind-boggling. I can't wrap my head around it. People are yeah. people try to gaslight me and talk about like it just because I'm like white, I'm from America, like it's my Western mindset, blah blah blah. I don't think there's any way that this can ever like you can put this in any sort of cultural context and make this actually justifiable. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like this is if you if you ever try to tell Susanna that she doesn't understand this because she's white, then you're part you're the you're the reason why the world is so fucked up that you justify yeah. stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that I see a human as a human and don't find this some so viscerally disgusting that they need to be cleaned. Their touch in mere presence needs to be cleaned off with cow urine. Like, that's so dehumanizing. I don't care what culture you're from. It's wild. And I think one thing that Asian American is saying, I'm a Chinese ex-pagan. This has nothing to do with Abrahamism. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, don't put this on my name. Um, yeah. I think this is very significant to people because Dalits have been fighting for water rights for like centuries, right? But the movement of Dr. Embedkar for water rights specifically happened almost exactly 100 years ago. And so to a lot of people seeing stories like this of, you know, having one of the founders of the nation as a child being denied access to water because he is so quote unquote dirty, unclean, impure, untouchable. And to have it still continuing to this day is a very stark reminder to people. And it just makes me think of all the times when we talk about these issues, about how this is a real thing that people face, that people get killed over still to this day. People try to come tell us that casteism and untouchability as a practice doesn't exist. Yeah. It drives me crazy. It's insane. Um, I do want to acknowledge, just so that we're not just all negative and all, I do want to acknowledge that the government is... Sees this, sees this as a problem, okay, um, and is addressing it. So let's not exaggerate over how everything there is bad. Like the fact that this is seen as a problem, this is something that is like some people exaggerate from uh, both sides. They think like they say that there's no casteism in India. There's a major amount of casteism still in India. Okay, this is a major belief. Okay, so don't downplay how big of a problem this is. But also don't exaggerate, okay? This is a ma major belief in India, but it shocks Indians, right? So Indians are shocked by this news, are disgusted by the news. Exactly. So yeah. this is not a contradiction. It's common in, the, in India, but it's also disgust Indians. And there are many Indians who are motivated in fixing this in getting rid of this, including the government, okay? So see, I'm not trying to spin everything like people. some people think 
we're trying to just be anti-Indian and spin everything negatively. The fact that this is not encouraged and heavily fought against is really hope. You know, gives me hope. Yeah, I really liked how they had the Dalit kids come out and publicly drink from every water fountain or every water source. Like, I think that's that's a really proactive way of tackling things that I think is very powerful. And Cordon Bleu is saying the day after tomorrow, the 6th of December, is Dr. Ambedkar's death anniversary. Please celebrate it. It's a momentous day in Mumbai. Yes, it's called, what's it? Ambedkar Janyati? Yes. Oh my God, I would love to you know these be things? in one of those celebrations with all the garlands coming out it's so cool and i one of my favorite things about the jai bim movement is the color blue that they use they use this very like virulent blue it's very beautiful i love that color how do you know these things Susie? you're it's very impressive i don't know how you know all these things i'm a little bit of um, a bit fan girl <laughs> <laughs> wait i need to Okay. Um, look, Harris is actually, yeah, remember, remember, remind me to tell the person who designed this cover that they did a good job. Look at Harris. I do like the cow. The cow is pretty cute. He's like, Harris, <laughs> Harris is like, look at the cheeky photo of the cow. Um, that cow is like, what the F? Yeah, Susie, remind me to tell the person to, yeah, to the our editor, cover. Yeah. To our, to our editor that she did a good job designing our cover. And that's really good. Uh, oh, wait. Okay, people are correcting me. Then John Yati is his birthday. Excuse me. Mm. I don't know any of this stuff. All right. What? Okay, I'm going to ask because that would take some time. Oh, my God. We got Pakistan. Is Pakistan. Do we have good news, Pakistan, please? So that we could know? Please. It's good news, Pakistan. Ah, Guys, um, we are looking for good news Pakistan, so we can't be accused of only highlighting negative news for Pakistan. Pakistan, Pakistan, please give us something good so we could like celebrate something good from Pakistan, religion related. So such a big ask, eh? Religion related good news from Pakistan. Um, Actually, if you have good news from Pakistan, go share it in our Discord. There's a link to our Discord in the description. If you go to the news suggestions channel in our Discord, you can send us good news. Because, like, you know, sometimes I'm not tapped into the right news services or cycles, and so I miss, like, good news that is probably happening. All right, guys, we are looking for good news. So we are, like, we are accused of only highlighting negative news about Pakistan, okay? So we are desperately looking for anything that could prove that we're not doing that, okay? So please send that to Susanna's way, because so far we just get bad news, okay? Uh, a struggle. <laughs> it's, it's a struggle, yeah. Okay, so no clapping? Wait. Um, no. No, it's, it's not... Yeah, okay, fine. I won't clap. Next what are you news. talking about? I'm not going to clap for this. But did anyone die? I don't see anybody in the title that died. No, still, come on. Okay, fine. Okay, next news. Next news. Pakistani Taliban terminates ceasefire with government threatening attacks. Recently, Tariki Taliban Pakistan, also known as the TTP, or more commonly known just as the Pakistani Taliban, declared an end to a ceasefire agreement with the Pakistani government. The government and TTP reached a ceasefire agreement after multiple rounds of talks facilitated by the Afghan Taliban this year. After their recent announcement, the TTP commanded their fighters to carry out attacks all over the country. 
TTP stated that their primary reason for carrying out the attacks is the Pakistani military's increasing operations against them in the, I'm about to butcher this name, I apologize, the Khyber Pakhutunkhwa province. I'm just going to call it KP for short, okay? The KP province. <laughs> the Pakistani government or military did not comment regarding the TTP's declaration. On November 16th, the Pakistani Taliban claimed responsibility for attacking a police patrol in Lucky Marwat, southwest of Peshawar, PK's capital and largest city. Or, excuse me, KP's capital and largest city. Six policemen were killed during this attack. Pakistan's Prime Minister, Shabazz Sharif, said that terrorism remains one of Pakistan's largest problems after the attack. So, obviously, this is very significant because this is a very fragile relationship, and it seems to be going increasingly downhill. And, Armin, I was wondering, like, I'm not as knowledgeable about the Pakistani Taliban, but have you been following this news at all, or what's your immediate reaction to this? Well, I mean, I just I just wonder, because, okay, so the Pakistani Taliban and the Afghanistan Taliban, they are separate but they also they used to be the same and they also have a lot of influence on each other and their members just going in and out between each other as if there's no border and the whole taliban ideology because it, it exists across borders of pakistan both sides of the borders of pakistan um the it's really detrimental to the integrity of the border of pakistan just taliban just existing on both sides of these borders right so um, Taliban uh, coming into power in Afghanistan um, and a lot of Pakistani intelligence and officials supporting that was, is completely counter to the interest of Pakistan's border, border integrity, right? Because that shows that a lot of the things that happens in the Pakistan's intelligence and also military is uh, ideological, in line with ideological interests, rather than pro-Pakistan, right? Um, and that support for Taliban has also led, and I don't know, maybe Harris could correct me in the chat, has motivated, encouraged, and mobilized the Pakistan, uh, the Taliban on the other side of the border, which is in Pakistan, which is now becoming a major hassle for Pakistan itself, which shows you how bad of an idea it was for Pakistan to be this much in support for Taliban in Afghanistan. Uh, I don't know if there is much of a relationship here or if that the, the causation is as one-to-one -one as I'm suggesting here. So let me see uh, what, uh, I'm gonna read a couple of comments by maybe Dee and Harris. So we could like, you wanna read these as I, as I start them? Yeah, Harris is saying, it's gonna be interesting. Pakistani intellectuals are calling on the Pakistan army to smoke the bastards. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, so this is like, this is the um, chickens coming home kind of Delirious. situation. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Yeah, um, Dia saying, being a policeman in Pakistan is very dangerous. They are targets. Yeah, let's read this one or so. Harris is also saying the Pakistani yes. Taliban are the same as the Afghan Taliban Talibs with the same ideological goal, but they, sponsor, but they are sponsored by the Afghan Talibs. See, this is exactly what I was just saying. So I was correct, okay? Um, and I think, like, that 
the extra motivation and mobilization and power that they're getting in Pakistan is because of the what's happening in Afghanistan. So it was mm-hmm. so dumb. That's why it was just so idiotic of Pakistan to be so much in support of the Taliban in Afghanistan. Like this is completely backfiring for the 10th time, by the way. Like Pakistan has been um, supporting the Taliban and funding them ever since its inception. Mm-hmm. And it keeps on all these different radical groups are destroying Pakistan. Um, and they're coming out against the very hand that fed them all the time. And Pakistan continues to do and doesn't yeah. yeah, it never learns from it. It continues to do that. I don't understand. Like they are they this is a suicidal government. Um yeah, Pakistan Pakistan is so or they're so unstable. like virulently anti-India that will do anything to try to destabilize India to its own detriment. Yeah, that, like that's they, where a lot of these things come from. Well, I'm thinking specifically of Lashkar Taiba, but yeah, it's kind of like Pakistan and India are in the same room, okay? And Pakistan hates India so much that it drops a gas bomb right in the room, which he himself is in, just because it's gonna hurt India. I'm like, you're killing yourself. I like, I know I'm dying here from this gas bomb that I dropped, but I think India is gonna get hurt by it a little bit as well, so it's fine. Like, in in English, we would say you're. We would say that you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, people are saying okay. Oh, here, let's read this one. Horace is saying no, Armin. They don't like the Pakistani Talibs. They support the Afghan Talibs because they are anti-India. However, That's what I'm saying. Okay. No, no, no. Talib- go back. Go back. Hold on, just a second. Why? Why are you not letting me respond? Okay. This is ex- no, Armin, and then he repeats exactly what I said. I said they support the Afghan Taliban, which has mobilized and encouraged and prompted the Pakistan because the Pak. I didn't say they directly when Taliban was invading all of Afghanistan. Uh, Pakistan came. Pakistan's army came in support of, and the intelligence came in support of that Taliban, which then eventually led to a mobilization and funding and encouragement of the Taliban in Pakistan. Of course, the Taliban. The Pakistan doesn't come directly fund or support the Taliban inside Pakistan, which is an insurgence movement. Like, why would they do that? They're, the Taliban in Pakistan is in direct opposition to, openly in opposition to the government there. They wouldn't, they, they wouldn't fund that, but they would fund their sister organization, which they see eye to eye with, as if their border is going to stop anything. They, the Taliban's across the border they don't recognize the border so it's not like oh yeah that's just the taliban in afghanistan they're they're the same thing so supporting one of them on one side of the border is going to it's going to bleed into the other side of the border yeah but go on next one (laughs) horace then says the afghan talibs have evolved now and they realize that the pakistanis are double crossing them too so are about to give the Pakistanis some payback. And then he says, mm. calm down, Armin. I'm typing, no. you're speaking. I can't go back and undo my comment. Chill, man. <laughs> I will never chill. People who tell me to calm down do not know me. I don't understand why Harris is telling me to calm down. Have you met me, Harris? Yes. Chill? I am the enemy of chill. So no, Charles. I will not chill. I will not chill. I've seen you guys going at it in person. It's hilarious. Yes. Suha is saying, fight, 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 fight. 
Suha, why? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let me. Oh, oh my god. He's being call. defensive of me. He's saying, don't yell at her, Armin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome, uh, my king! Wait, I want to show. I want to show Gossam something. This is a little joke for just the two of us. No, I don't like this joke. I know what joke you're gonna make. I don't like it. But go. On. Okay, okay. I will just say for Gossam. I think Gossam will enjoy that. For lunch, Babak made me some Gossam Soleimani. <laughs> I joke. I like that joke. You laughed earlier. Don't lie. <laughs> You guys, I mean, I can expect that from a Catholic who, ex-Catholic who literally eats their God. But anyways, <laughs> I don't like things. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's go to the next news. Can we clap for, oh, yeah. we got a super chat. Hold on, hold on, every, hold everything, hold everything. We got a super chat here. 11, 11 euro super chat. Read this one. Um, GJ gave us an 11 euro super chat. Thank you so much. Saying, sorry to go on the ask atheist anything time and branding, but you uploaded almost 4,000 videos and have under 40,000 subscribers and under 10 new subs per upload. I am an organizational psychologist and I offer consult for zero dollars. I don't understand. Well, thank you for the super chat. I mean, if you would like to, uh, reach out to us about how we can improve as an organization you can email me at suzanna atheistrepublic.com oh okay so you're saying why wouldn't you put the secular jihadist under atheist republic well because we have uh we have a community there that's specifically wants certain things from secular jihadists right so we're not that the reason why we have to also make sure that we are active there is that secular jihadist has its own branding, its own or like focus, uh, and its own community, and we're, we can't just bring everything to Asus Republic. We have to be loyal to the community that we built there, and people who are supporting that channel and funding that channel, and make the content that we prom promise them. So it has a history of people that expect certain things. So we're not just that's why we we're there. So that's the reason. But thank you for your suggestion. Um, okay. Can we clap for the next news? Yes, this is wild. Okay. Next news. Next news. Turkish sex cult leader sentenced to 8,658 years in prison. On November 16th, Adnan Akhtar, a former Turkish televangelist and sex cult leader, was sentenced to a record 8,658 years in prison following a retrial. Akhtar was imprisoned in 2021 for several crimes, including sexually abusing minors, fraud, and, and, and an attempted political and military espionage. Akhtar received international recognition for the talk show he hosted on his A9 TV channel, which usually featured an unusual combination of religious discussions with women in skimpy outfits dancing to modern pop music. The women were known as the Kittens and were the most important supporters of his movement. Former members of his organization revealed the constant sexual abuse they endured while they were part of his group and the repeated harassment they dealt with after leaving it. Many women who left his company claimed he forced them into sexual slavery. 
One woman previously provided testimony at his trial that Akhtar sexually assaulted her and many other women and that they were forced to take birth control pills. This is so crazy. After the police, after a police raid, about 69,000 birth control pills were found at his home. However, supporters of Akhtar claim that he is a victim of a political setup. Okay, this dude, we've talked about him before on the show. I think when his first trial happened, and now there was this retrial and he got a new sentencing of like close to 9,000 years in prison, which is crazy. But this man, I don't think you could do a better job of looking like a stereotype of an evil cult leader. He's I know, right? Enemy. It's crazy. Like, you look like a Disney villain. How do you... you there, there has to be something that you purposefully cultivate your image to look like that, right? Like, that doesn't happen on accident. Am I, am I crazy? <laughs> Wait, what was his first... Um, how many years did he got first now that he got a retrial? Did it increase or decrease? You know, that's a good question. Let me double check really quickly. Apparently... One of the things that he became very famous for is he's also a creationist. And I was watching this Vice documentary about him today, and they called him, like, Islam's only creationist. And I'm like, I, I just don't... I, what are you talking about? That's just not true. The, he, the, he is, like, responsible for promoting or popularizing creationism within Islam. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um. Yeah, this is... It's so wild. He had, he, he's like, had this weird kind of quasi-Islamic feminism. Do you know about this guy at all? Have you ever heard about him before? I, only from the news that we covered about him before. That's all I know about Oh my him. gosh. So he basically takes kind of these Islamic narratives about women and inverts it. But it's still for the what's the word I'm looking for? It's still it's still used in a way that is ultimately for the benefit of patriarchy. So he talks about like all the standard narratives you hear, like, oh, you know, like heaven is at your mother's feet, and the first believer was a woman, the first martyr was a woman, the first person to receive and validate the prophet's revelation was a woman. Like he uses all these narratives that are very typical that you hear from preachers about the glory of women and the position that they should hold in terms of respect and all this stuff. But then he goes on to talk about how all these standards about um covering oneself and standards of modesty and being in the home, blah, 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 are just a way to keep wonder women under control. And he kind of like puts forward this narrative that not only are women equal, women are actually superior. So when mm -hmm. people would interview these kittens, the, wife the, called, oh, the, very, the brother asked, it's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> the, when you interview these kittens, they're like, oh, well, why do you like this so much? They're like, oh, well, you know, in America, you know, women are treated no differently from a table. But when I walk into a room, I'm treated as a superior being, blah, blah, blah. Like it, they, they speak about it as if it's actually above equality, like the kind of respect that they receive from him and from his teachings, da, da, da. And 
They also are against Charles Darwin because they say that like Charles Darwin is racist and he they promote in his standards. I mean, he was racist, but like, <laughs> I the, mean, who wasn't because of the before? exactly, but because they use like the personal flaws of Charles Darwin as a person to discredit the theory of evolution itself, and then that kind of plays into this weird fake feminism in their own way. But what's so interesting is when you look at pictures of the women in these groups, they like all look the same. Like mm. they have all gotten the plastic surgery to all essentially look the same. It's actually very freaky. Like I, I mean, saw one video. Unlike Muhammad, unlike Muhammad, he seems to also like them older. <laughs> what? I mean, he. I mean, this man has been convicted of crimes relating to the abuse of minors, so not in its entirely. Not really. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, oh, very, very much like Muhammad, he liked them old and young. Yeah, he maybe you could say did not have boundaries. I think uh, that is uh, very easy to claim. Um. Yeah, this guy is like, I, I want to find what his first sentencing was, because I remember it was also a huge number. I don't know if it was close to 9,000 years, though. Oh, it, oh, I'm sorry, Armin. The first time he got sentenced, he only got sentenced to 1,075 years in prison. Mm. So, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, it got yeah, worse. It's absolutely insane. I'm sure he's upset that it got seven more thousand years. What was so crazy to me was that when they raided his house, they found almost 79,000, no, excuse me, 69,000 birth control pills. Why? What the hell? That's crazy. <laughs> Where do you <laughs> even get that many? Like, and then when, when he was, you know, questioned about it, blah, 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 they're like, oh, it's for hormonal problems and skin, skin disorders. What? Um, what are they going to do with that? Are they going to sell it in the market or are they going to throw it away? All that with all the, with all the birth control that Six, they seized? Yes. No, you can't sell that. It has to be destroyed. It has to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, 100%. How much does does that cost? Sixty nine thousand birth. I don't even know. I don't even know. Darko is saying, "Wait, was he trying to corner the market?" <laughs> Seriously, it's absolutely bonkers. When I was reading yeah. this, I literally said out loud, "What?" Look, I still can't get over that fact. That just boggles my mind. Was that all for himself? Like already selling it? I mean, okay, so, I mean, it's been reported by people who survived his cult and organization that this is, the women, this is something that was forced upon them, right? I know, but and, like, he's having sex with all of these women, right? I know, but he also essentially Are was there... known to force them to do what he wanted for other people as well. For other people, okay. Because I think, like, he, this guy is way too confident if he thinks that he needs to make sure that he has 69,000 birth control pills if it's all just for his, the woman that he's sleeping with. So. Yo, does he have the sex drive of Muhammad as well? Because <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad also had a crazy sex drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, um, actually in Islam they brag about it. It's not something they're shy, they're ashamed of. Yeah, they're like they're like, yeah, a prophet had a strong libido, but what's what's the problem? No, apostate prophet has like a few really good videos about how hypersexual Muhammad was, according to the scriptures. Okay, like let's not make hypersexual like a bad thing just because Muhammad was hypersexual. Can we please not, um, like portray it as a negative thing? No, okay. My understanding of hypersexuality is sexual libido or activity to the extent that it is actually a that you engage in dangerous and risky behaviors, like it's a form of impairment. Because you are now engaging in behaviors that are actually posing a risk to yourself. I've known hypersexual people, and it is dangerous. Okay, I don't think Muhammad was that level of sexual. I don't know. I mean, he seemed to be able to do other things other than having sex. So I would think like like he was going on. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you can't. You literally cannot do anything besides having sex. It's like. Again, this is my understanding, and I could be wrong about what you know a clinical or technical definition of it is. But it's 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 talking about the extent to which you will do things that are actually you know can cause harm to you for mm. the sake of feeding this psychological need. It's like an addiction. Selva <laughs> is calling me out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Harris is saying Prophet Muhammad had the strength of 6,000 men. Yes, in, in bed, apparently. That's what they were told. Um, <laughs> all right. Can we clap for the next news? Um, yes. This is funny. Next news. Next news. California after-school Satan club at elementary school triggers Christians. Recently, an after-school program scheduled to begin in early December at Teja Chapi's Golden Hills Elementary School in California received severe criticism. Some guardians and parents claimed that this should not be allowed. The, quote, after-school Satan Club project, sponsored by the Satanic Temple, or TST for short, aims to teach children, students about inquiry, empathy, and rationalism. TST began the After School Satan Club project after the Good News Club, hosted by the Child Evangelicism uh, Fellowship, was allowed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to children at public schools. Sheila Knight, whose grandchild is a fifth grader at Golden Hills Elementary, criticized the decision and called the After School Satan Club disgusting. Quote, I understand the school by law has to allow them because other after school programs, such as the good news, but I can't imagine why anyone would want their child to attend, she said. June Everett, an after school Satan Club campaign director, said, quote, the fact that others find our club controversial when they have absolutely no issues with the other religious clubs operating in their public school is puzzling to us. Okay, this video that you're showing is awesome. I think we might be able to play a little bit of the music because I don't think it's copyrighted. You're muted, Armin. Do you want to risk it? Skip to the one minute mark. It's so good. I love this so much. Let's just talk over it. Talk, talk. No, Satan's Armin, skip, skip, to, skip to one minute in. I want to see the rest. Okay, so this is about Satan not being evil. 
But yeah. I wanted to see the whole thing. Okay, fine. So Satan's not an evil guy. He wants you to share and, and to be kind. Uh, wait, to have fun and to be yours, to be yourself. And by, and by the way, there, there is no hell. Oh, this is cute. Hell isn't real. This is pretty good. Doesn't actually exist. Satan doesn't actually see this. I, we knew it, guys. Like this is what we're telling you. The satanic temple doesn't actually believe in Satan. This is all just symbolism for them because they just in their own videos for children saying Satan doesn't actually exist. It's good. He's an imaginary friend. He's an imaginary friend, guys. This is the satanic temple telling you Satan doesn't really exist. He's an imaginary friend. Who can teach us how to live? Who can teach us how to live? Oh, I like this. This is really good. This is the best religion ever. It's telling you, it's telling you transparently that it's imaginary. This is the only way religion makes sense. That's so cool. I love this. I wish I wish you would know if I had copyright or not. That's perfect. And people My say favorite like, oh, is, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Earlier it talks about like how Satan wants to teach us empathy and he doesn't care if you're white, black, or gay. And yeah, my favorite is like um he uh wants what what do they say? Oh yeah, he just wants you to be yourself and it shows a little kid like doing a <laughs> satanic ritual. Uh, this is but so what I cute. find so funny is this okay the comments on this video of this cartoon music video were so funny half of them were like thank you this is exactly what I was talking about you explained it very well and then the other half is like see Jesus is the word the like of God like of Christ like this is this is the end times be careful what they're showing to their children da 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 like yeah it it, it they, look they at the comments oh my god like, let's read the Let's read the comments. This is going to be fun. Hold on. Where is it? Yep. Okay. We're in the end times, folks. It was a good run while it lasted, I suppose. When you start seeing stuff like this come out and being and even being promoted, it's over. Good luck with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's read more. All Wait, right. no. Scroll down to that comment by Sandra. That's what I want to read. Corinthians chapter 11, verse uh, 13 through 14 tells that Quote, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. This tells us that in the end times, Satan will not appear as a devil who is easy to reject. Mm -hmm. I, I find it so funny when like, Christians are literally taking this at face value. When they're wow, when in the song, they're saying it's not real. It doesn't exist. There is no hell. It's an imaginary friend, and it just teaches yeah. us how to live. Like, I don't know how you could be more explicit. Well, I mean, they do say that the greatest trick of the devil is to convince you that it doesn't exist. So there you go. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Uh, the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, help the people to see that you're about you and more moving here for spirits. Look at these. Oh, my God. These are so good. Bro. <laughs> this is just bro. <laughs> 
this is oh somebody a, a positive fit. This is a really and then the other comments are like the only thing that's bad about this song is that it gets stuck in my head very easily. <laughs> you know what? You know, if, if it's copyrighted, I don't care. I want to I want to listen to this song a little bit more. Okay, okay, okay. The beginning is very cute. Look at the logos. The cartoons uh, are so cute. The little goat is so cute, and the message is so positive. Satan is not an evil guy. He wants you to learn and question why. He wants you to have fun and be yourself. And by the way, there is no hell. Oh, the science is important, so we understand the world. Satan looks for truth. Let's help him, boys and girls. <laughs> Oh my god, this is so good. Everyone is different, and that's okay with Satan. <laughs> that's okay with Satan. <laughs> Whether you're black, white, or gay. <laughs> Satan's not a scary guy. He wants you to share and to be kind. He wants you to have fun and be yourself. Oh my God! When all is said and done, yeah, this is the part we saw earlier. Oh yeah, we saw this part. Okay, this is great. The, the Satanic Temple is doing such a good job. Really this is defending exactly the kind of marketing we need. Yeah. Has this need... comment by something I don't remember is so funny, but hell is real. I live there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Morris um, is asking, Why is Satan a goat? He has the head well, of a goat. I don't actually remember why. That, okay, that's not really say, okay, why. I read this somewhere. I forgot. I, I think it has more to do. It has more to do with pagan religions. Yeah. Uh, goat and pagan religions and Christian is the Christians that made Satan Satan goatish. It wasn't um, because they were just associating anything pagan. If you look at like Greek mythology, there's a lot of deities goat. or deity related um, divine creatures that have, you know, goat horns or hooves. So just because Christians associated everything pagan with Satan, so because Christians, you know, in religious people are not very smart, right? So they just see everything that is outside of their religion as just devilish. So they associated those goat-related themes with the devil. Well, and it's I a way to demonize the non non-Christians. Yes, and also that's like that's the the Baphomet and the devil are not mm -hmm. necessarily the Baphomet is a deity allegedly worshipped by Knights of Templar, so there's like he's not necessarily the devil, but people portray the devil as Baphomet. I don't know, like somebody. Um, we need to look it, into it, this. It like, gets complicated. It gets complicated. Yes. This comment from Haras is so funny. I think it's got to do with the horns. Dim horns are scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We will. We might look into this later and look, tell you guys what. Unless somebody knows in the 
in the language. No, nobody knows. Okay. All right. Can we clap for the next news? Yes, this is crazy. Next news. Next news. Christians are now a minority in England and Wales. Historic poll reveals. The results of the 2021 census were released by the Office of National Statistics, revealing a historically sharp decline in the number of people identifying as Christian in England and Wales. Other regions of the United Kingdom, such as Northern Ireland and Scotland, report their census data separately. According to the census, the number of people identifying as Christian in England and Wales fell from 33.3 million, or 59.3% in 2011, to 27.5 million, or only 46.2% in 2021, a shocking 17% decrease in 10 years. On the other hand, those who identify as Muslim rose from 4.9% in 2011 to 6.5% in 2021, making it the fastest growing religion in England and Wales. Meanwhile, the number of non-religious people increased from 25.2% to 37.2%. Reacting to the latest data from the 2021 census, Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, said that both regions, quote, left behind the era where many people almost automatically identified as Christian. Stephen Evans, the head of the National Secular Society, said, it's official. We are no longer a Christian country. We actually discussed this with Harris Sultan. And we were like looking at the non-religion rising as you know the Christianity was going down, but non-Islam because a lot of people say that Christianity is going down and it's Islam that is growing in its replacement. But if you, I, I can't find the graph, but the graph that Harris had. No, if you if scroll you actually, down, you should see one in our post. Look it right here. Hmm. There was a. Okay. Click on this tweet so we can bl blow it up bigger. Okay. So if you look at this picture, the gray in the graph is the results from the mm. previous census, 2011. Mm. The blue is the results from this current census. So if you look at this, in terms of what is technically a religion, then yes, Muslims would be the fastest growing religion. But in terms of right. just demographic groups based on belief, which includes non-religious belief, obviously, then actually it's the non-religious that are the fastest growing. Because if you look at the Christian segment versus the non-religious segment, the no religion, it is very clear that the people who are leaving Christianity are not going to other religions. They're abandoning religion altogether. Yeah. Here, look, I find, the I find the graph I was talking about. Mm. So Christianity is going from 2001. Wow, look at the change. Guys, this is only 20 years. Like from going Christianity from 70% to under 50% in less than 20 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is not, this is not, the, these changes are based on people changing their mind. Like you can't explain numbers like this because of demographic changes no. or because of like, um, 
you know, um, having children or stuff like that. Yeah, immigration or what is that? There's a better word for having children. What is it called? Reproduction. Okay. No, yeah, never mind. But it's not it's not any of that. It's this these are people deciding like, nah, Christianity is not for me. Especially because non-religion is growing so much. Because you can't explain non-religion growing so much by immigration, right? Like there are no like there's not a mass migration to England and Wales from above atheists, right? This is just a uh, birth rate. That's what you meant. Birth rate, yes, birth Thank rate. You, Thank you, Horace. Thank you, thank you. The, yeah, birth rates can't explain this. Birth rate, okay, birth rate can explain this green line, you see. And migration and birth rate, birth rate and migration can explain explain this green line here. Yeah, you there was the also an going? increase in Hinduism, but it was tiny yes. in comparison to Islam. Yeah, but birth rate and migration cannot explain this or this, all right? And, okay, because the Muslim one, because it's both migration and birth rate, it's not all birth rate. Migration is also helping with the slight increase in Muslim. Yeah. That means that the overall change in Muslim around the world is not significant because they're just moving. Some of it is explained by just them moving around, mm -hmm. not by them actually increasing mm -hmm. as a whole in the planet. This mm -hmm. is the non-religious growing as a whole in the planet. And also, Fact. what is another, another thing that is optimistic about this is that you see this happening Okay, you see this Muslim countries? This is your future. This this is your future. Okay, so this green line increasing might be because some Muslims are coming from Muslim countries to UK, right? But we're gonna we're not gonna go play the defense. Okay, we're not gonna be like, oh no, don't come here. You can come here. It's fine. Okay, we're gonna come for your country, and this is your future. Okay, this this red line going up like this. This is the future of Saudi Arabia. This is the today of Iran, the future of Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and you know Indonesia. Yeah, I Malaysia. think Iran has way better yeah. statistics than England when it comes to this. Honestly, yeah, yeah. So you could you could be proud of just like slightly increasing your numbers just because you move around, but we're coming for the source. Okay, we're playing the offensive game. We're coming for your children. We're not coming. We're not playing the defensive game. Okay, this is. Oh this my is, goodness. Is, yeah. One thing that I think is really important to talk about, though, is that um, this is something that the National Secular Society talked about in their press release about this um, poll. And the National Secular Society, for those who don't know, is kind of the predominant secular organization of the United Kingdom. They're kind of like the FFRF of England or the UK, I should say. And so they said the established church is absurd and unsustainable. And I think this is really important to consider because the construction of state church is very different in England. It said the national secular society, which campaigns for separation of religion and state said the figures demonstrate the need for fundamental reforms to the relationship between religion and state. The UK has an official state religion, the church of England, which is granted unique privileges, including 26 places in the house of Lords reserved for its bishops. So these are spots reserved for religious representatives. They should stop the that. You're not a Christian Seven. country anymore. Yeah. The head of state, the British monarch, is also the supreme governor for the Church of England and takes an oath to promote the church. One third of state schools in Britain are faith schools, and all state schools must, by law, hold daily acts of Christian collective worship. All state schools. The National Secular Society chief 
executive Stephen Evans said, it's official. We are no longer a Christian country. The figures, census figures paint a picture of a population that has dramatically moved away from Christianity and from religion as a whole. The status quo in which the Church of England is deeply embedded in the UK constitution is unfair and undemocratic and is looking increasingly absurd and unsustainable. We need a fundamental reforms to become a truly secular democracy, one that reflects the reality of our irreligious and diverse people that is fit for the 21st century. So I thought that quote from Stephen Evans was just so good at capturing like why this is so important to the identity of the UK. I like that, but here's the negative part. Okay. Ready for the negative part. Okay. Oh, you that is just one the negative. <laughs> yeah. That is just one person. Okay. I can tell you for a fact. Okay. I'm almost certain. Okay. That if the Muslims, okay, were here, they, not here, not where we're, the non-religion are at, but just here, okay, they were already, yeah, they were already mobilized and done enough politics in the UK for them to make all these changes about the identity. Oh, you're UK. not lying. Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. But us, yeah. So they were like, with the amount that they have already, they established Sharia courts. Yes, oh. but uh, but the non-religion, even though Christianity has gone under 50%, the non-religious people in the UK have not mobilized or done enough political activism enough for, this for the UK's identity and official religion to not be Christian yet. So you know how much we make fun of Muslim beliefs, okay? Muslims are better than you non-religious people. They're politically active. In this and case, they're smart about it too. They're smart about it. So, as much as we're gonna congratulate ourselves, atheists and non-religious people, like oh, Muslims are ridiculous and we're smart. Actually, in this case, they got you beat. They got you beat. They are they're smart enough about being politically active, with much less numbers than you. They get so much more from their states. You guys don't mobilize. You're not. You don't build communities. You don't build become politically active. To do this thing to your government, your your country is less than fifty percent Christian, and still it's officially a Christian nation with Christian doctrine, with Christian, um, you know, I don't know, yeah. So you, you guys be lazy. You guys are like just not active. So congratulations to Muslims that they actually get off their butts and do something. They get they're mobilized. They build communities and they actually do something. Not like you lazy atheists. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, team like yeah. Zero to team. You got you guys congratulate yourself for these numbers to go up. But what did you do about it? You have like mm. politically have done nothing. You have the numbers and you don't do anything with it. They have accomplished more with lower numbers. So this is point one to Muslims, zero for atheists, okay? Okay. I think having this knowledge more publicly made available about how large our numbers actually are will help mobilize people, though. Yes. Because a lot of times you don't know how much power you actually could have in the body politic. You just need to grasp it. And I think like awareness of these kinds of things will get people starting to think about this in that way more. 
I'm just trying to be a bit more positive and encouraging because damn. <laughs> <laughs> just dragging us over the coals. <laughs> yeah, Harris is like Harris is saying, yeah, I also said this. Look at all the noise they create with only 6%. Imagine the noise they'll create when they are 20%. Yeah, but you're saying that as a warning. I mean, they're doing something right. Why can't we be like that? Why can't we be like that? We have more, we have bigger numbers. Why why are why is our voice voices not being heard it don't keep like one thing that atheists keep doing is that they keep blaming other like oh why don't people do things for us we have more why is the state religious why is like like you're just sitting back with zero like with zero activism like oh why is everything so bad like you think things just happen you have to get up you have to mobilize you have to do activism states are not just there just like oh look at their numbers and just deliver things to you because you have like polls show high numbers they actually look at how big your voice is and if you don't shout they don't care how big your numbers are i think okay i understand your frustration armin i really do because like i i feel a lot of it and also you've been doing this for longer than me so i can understand how especially over like the long term you're like come on people when are we gonna get it together but i don't know i like we should recognize that there are like really incredible cutting edge secular activists in the united kingdom that are doing amazing work so i just don't want you to discredit them you're muted i don't i'm not saying they don't exist I'm saying you should join them. I didn't say okay, there's let's, zero. Let's focus on that a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I like, like that even more. Okay. No, I'm I'm not talking. Obviously, I'm not talking about the ones that are active. I'm talking about those ones that are not active. I didn't say they don't exist. I'm saying they're like you don't even like. Actually, that makes it worse, Susanna. You know why? Because your lazy ass didn't even have to create their organization. Their organizations are already there. You just had to find them and join them or support them. You could have gone volunteered with them or you could have donated to them. You could, if you're in the UK, do you know the secular organizations in UK? If you are an atheist and in the UK, have you volunteered for them? Have you donated to them? So they even they exist. So you don't even have to create them. They're already there. So what are you waiting for? I think I'm just getting triggered because of the way you're generalizing with the rhetorical you. I'm like, hey, speak no, for I'm yourself. Obviously not talking. If you are, are, if you're an activist, I'm obviously not talking about you, I'm, like the person who's listening. I'm talking about the atheist that is just like, yeah, everything's religious, just complaining and done doing nothing. You have, you are in no, in no position to complain. Okay. Like, talk, same thing with like women in the United States. Okay. If you're if your women's rights are being taken away and you like did not do any activism, right? Like you you got what you know, this is what happens. If you like if you're one of those women who like Hillary Trump but make, it doesn't make any difference, you you're part of the problem. Yo, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Darko is saying I feel so judged right now. <laughs> okay. Well, Anyways, can we clap for the next thing? <laughs> Sorry, I just... <laughs> the way you went off, oh my god. Okay, yes, we can. Okay. I mean, guys, like, 
the people who say that this doesn't work, like I don't know why oxymoron, for example, in the live chat suggesting that this would never work, right? We just showed well, you news of fascist. That's why he's suggesting it. Yeah, no, but like we just showed you, like in the United States, we have the Satanic Temple and we have the Freedom from Religion Foundation. It works. There are people there doing the work, and it with very low numbers, they have produced so much results. Imagine what they can do if more people join them. Just saying. All right. Next news is clapping. You said clapping, right? right. Wait, Cajun American. Aren't you the Canadian? It still bends the knee to the king. Ouch. <laughs> no, I don't. I have been kidding. I have been outspoken against the monarchy. When did I fucking I piss on the monarchy? No, he's just poking fun at you. No, I'm a Canadian that is anti-monarchy in Canada. I don't bend the knee to okay. Fuck the king. And you know, this it's my king, okay? That guy is my king, okay, as a Canadian, and I say fuck him. All right, can I clap? Yes. All right. Next news. Next news. First annual ex-Muslim Awareness Month announced. Guys, this is big ex-Muslim news. Exciting new campaign and movement. Okay. Recently, online ex-Muslim activists. Wait, 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 wait. We forgot a super chat. Can you hold on? And then we start from the beginning. I am sorry. Okay. Okay, sorry. GJ had a uh, 11 euro super chat saying... Do you want to read this? GJ, thank you for the 11 euro yeah. super chat, saying the Dutch will celebrate St. Nicholas tomorrow. His blackface helpers are actually progressive, all the same color, no race or gender differences, and often played by girls and women. Wait, is this, what is this? Okay, I don't know how to explain this, and I'm not going to explain it correctly, but in Europe, there's a tradition of the story of St. Nicholas or who become became santa actually has a more you know a lot of fairy tales actually are like very dark in their original telling and this is kind of one of those examples um but uh my understanding is that basically saint nicholas has a helper known as black pete where he has different names in different countries sometimes he's called krampus and he's like kind of this demon dude who's black and covered in coal and will like go collect the bad children on all this stuff but it um it looks very racist especially when you come from an american context (laughs) this is what this is him look at him yeah so uh if, if you come from America and you're sensitive to the history of blackface minstrelry that we had in our country for a really long time that has a very dark legacy, this is going to... It's very shocking. It's very viscerally shocking. But the origins of it are like pretty different. Um, that's my understanding anyways. Yeah, and so GJ is just saying, you know, oh, people saying that it's racist. It's actually quite progressive because it's <laughs> it's helping people all be the same color and there are no race or gender differences. But the story of Black Pete is like something I can't accurately recall off the top of my head right now. But he's, I think he's kind of the origin of the idea of giving bad children coal in their stockings instead of sweets. Sounds pretty racist to me, though. The white guy gives you a gift, the black yeah. guy gives you coal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's black because he works in soot in, in the chimneys. 
That's mm, my okay. understanding. I could be wrong. Okay. Okay. Interesting. But interesting. yeah, you 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 see that picture and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> Trudeau, Trudeau would fit right in. <laughs> Yo, that's oh yeah, actually you're right. Holiday. You're right. You're right. The chim, sure, the chimney. That's why he's black. Why does he have red lips? Why does it? Did the chimney give him such bright red lips? Or is that another? I think there's something else going on there. So you know these are very. They say it's a children's hero, but then why does he give me a call? Anyway, I'm just questioning. All I right, don't, I don't. I, I like I said from the top. I cannot accurately recall the story of Black Pete. Okay, so if I said anything wrong, I told you that from the beginning. But it, um, I think into I don't know. I think it's questionable. I think it's highly questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, we do not know. We do not know. We are on a bird. All right. I'm not from if the Netherlands, races, but yes. yikes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're being racist against Netherlands. The Dutch. You, the Dutch. If you're saying that, yeah. If you if you don't like it, you're against being racist against the culture of the Dutch. If you're against, if you're for it, then you're being anti-black. So, just be no one wins. No <laughs> Everyone one wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, next. Thing. Next news, first annual ex-Muslim Awareness Month announced. Recently, online activists known as Haram Doodles pioneered an online movement to celebrate December 2022 as the first ever ex-Muslim month. According to Haram Doodles, December is an excellent choice to celebrate ex-Muslim month since it follows November, which has been declared Islamophobia Awareness Month. In an online interview with the Atheist Republic news team, Haram Doodles said that she's starting this movement because she is a closeted ex-Muslim. Haram Doodles said that the idea of celebrating an ex-Muslim movement was started by a Reddit user from the ex-Muslim subreddit. The initial idea was to create an apostate awareness month in November to counter the Islamophobia awareness month, she said. She campaigned for a couple months and formed a group of ex-Muslim content creators, organizations, infidels, murtards, blasphemers, and apostates who are ready to celebrate December as the first ever ex-Muslim month. To join the ex-Muslim month in the celebration of ex-Muslim month, participants are encouraged to post content using the hashtag, hashtag ex-Muslim month, hashtag ex-Muslim awareness month, and hashtag ex-Muslim awareness, awareness month 2022. However, closeted ex-Muslims are advised to consider their safety before participating in the celebration. That is amazing. Look, the cartoon has people I know. That's Mariam with Mahsa Amini. Mm -hmm. That's Jimmy, I think. That's Mimsy. Like like Mimsy going. That must be Mimsy, <laughs> right? That is. Yeah, in, a, in the on the right side, there's a Arif. Uh, Hussein Therafif, the um, uh, South Indian ex-Muslim activist. Mm. Is infidel noodle or doodle? Infidel what doodle. happened? What happened to it was noodle before and it's doodle now? Did well, it because change? it's a play on the fact that the person who made the cartoon is Haram Doodles. Oh, okay. And then uh, I think there's a little Harris in the corner going like this. I don't know. That's Harris? It kind of looks like him to me. Oh. Uh. Okay. Anyways, um, 
so <laughs> see look at Horace is saying that guy in the bottom right is me I think I think it might be <laughs> it might be yeah I think so um so I thought this was really cool Haram Doodles reached out to me she's a really cool content creator on Instagram so go follow her definitely if you want to see really cute and funny cartoons about ex-Muslim struggles and jokes lots of really funny jokes I really yeah. love her account and so she reached out Can to I, me. Is it safe for YouTube yeah, yeah, to click yeah. on? Okay. Yeah. And she, um, any... okay. she reached out to me about promoting it. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, please. Like I would, we should interview you. I want to, I want to cover this and also spread the word amongst the other ex-Muslim coalitions that we're a part of as Atheist Republic. And um, so, yeah, I thought this was a really awesome right. campaign. And Armin, if you go into the show notes, I have um, a video that I want to show. Actually, maybe I should just pull it up instead um, as an example of one of the ways that you can. Wait, did I not put this in the notes? Oh, crap. Wait. You did? No, you did. Wait, no, you didn't. No, let me. Okay, give me a second. I need to find this. This is really cool. Um, just to show you guys an example of how some people are celebrating, um, ex-Muslim month. Okay. Because do you remember when the, um, Islamophobia month was announced and we were like, no, what was it? International day against Islamophobia. It was, but either way, we were basically hey, saying like, like People are we, starting riots. Sorry, people are going to start riots because I'm not in the cartoon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> um, I completely lost my train of thought. Wait, I found the you're video. Looking, you're looking for something. Harris yeah. is saying, Armin, are you going to review Maryam Ramos's debate with that Salafi Mullah? I Did you see this? No, was it good? Oh, Armin, I need to show you. Mariam goes off. She's on a British TV show. It's so good. Oh, okay, show me. God. I've never seen, I haven't seen her yell like that in a long time. Wow. They're talking about stoning in Iran and stuff and how this guy won't come out and condemn it. And she's like, no, see, he won't condemn it. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. He can't, he can't condemn it. Oh my gosh. Okay, we actually, maybe we should make that um something we talk about next week. Yeah, yeah, let's make, it, let's make it the news next time. Yeah, yeah, we should play it. Yeah, yeah. Guys, next week we're going to show that, so. Okay. Subscribe. Um, I actually can't show the audio with this. Wait, let me refresh the page so that we can start the video from the beginning. I can't play the audio because it's copyrighted. But it opens with um, Infidel Noodle, and she's saying, for centuries, we've been forced to hide and stay quiet, but we've had enough. And it shows her writing on her hand. This December, no one will silence us. And then it says, hashtag ex-Muslim Awareness Month. And then it's a lot of photos of people holding oh. signs or writing on their hands, saying ex-Muslim from South Africa, Morocco, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Egypt, Syria, Bosnia, India. Oman, Iran, all these places, Algeria, Canada from India. Yeah. And uh, so this is an example of ways that which you can celebrate ex-Muslim month or ex-Muslim awareness month. Um, and, you know, you don't actually have to be an ex-Muslim to spread the word about ex-Muslim month oh, because yeah, it is yeah. also ex-Muslim awareness month. So you can just post yes. about it and post about 
you know, tell people about the unique struggle that ex-Muslim apostates go through and the discrimination they face, how they are criminalized and subject to execution in like 10 countries around the world, at least. And um, I think this is, I don't know, just a really amazing movement, great campaign. And I really hope it gets the word out there to more people about the discrimination and deadly violence that ex-Muslims face in their daily lives. Um, but what I thought was really cool, I don't know if you know this, Armin, but the person that posted this. So the person that posted this video, her name is Justina. And so she has a caption that's in Farsi, but then it said, we had to be Muslim and now we won't be, but we must be scared because according to the fatwa of your religion, we deserve to die. And this made me excited because Justina is a huge Iranian female rapper oh. who posted this and put the word out about this. Nice. And oh, Justina, that's the guy. That's the boy. That's the guy who was killed recently in Iran for hunting yeah, exactly. in celebration of the Iran loss. Yeah, and yeah. Justina is a Iranian rapper who has collaborated a lot with Tumaj Salehi, the huge Iranian ah, rapper who's currently being tortured Really? Right now. And they have a song no, together. No, say that again. Say that again. Who The guy who was, because I spoke over you. I want people to hear what you just said. So she has collaborated on many songs, like at least three or four songs with the other Iranian rapper, Tumaj Salehi, who is a very famous rapper who's like just notorious for being the most outspoken in derisive towards the regime in his lyrics in his outspokenness and um she lives overseas nowadays she doesn't live in iran okay so the part but, that i spoke over was the fact that too much has been arrested and is under torture right now that's the part yes it's actually his 32nd birthday i believe today while he's yeah. imprisoned and being tortured and he was recently charged with he uh, he was an, indicted on charges that carry the death penalty as punishment for protesting but one of the songs that they did together is, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Shalag? Shalag. Shalag. Which is whipping. Yeah. Lashes. So in this song, th this is a song that she did with Tumaj, and it's against the mandatory hijab. Amazing. They did an anti-hijab song together. It's one of my favorite songs. It's it's like, hijabi hijab, hijabi hijabi hijab. Like, it's really oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, so I just thought that was so cool because I follow her. No, no, actually, I was with Babak and he was looking at her Instagram and then I was like, wait a second, she's posting about ex-Muslim month. How yeah. cool is that? I don't That's know. I just cool. got really excited to see something yeah. with a big so, platform there is a, okay, so let me coming, explain to coming out as ex-Muslim also. Okay, so you're not explaining it well. So what Susanna is trying to explain is two of her different worlds coming together, okay? So she follows the atheist ex-Muslim movement, and she also follows the activism that is happening in Iran uh, over the protests, the songs, the art that is being, being built around that. And one of the artists that she's following that is very significant to her when it comes to the activism in Iran, all of a sudden she sees in her instagram that she has a post with infidel noodle and she's like oh my god my worlds are crashing together so basically that's why she's so excited is that right that's what is that accurate yes exactly yeah. yes 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 it's pretty good to see like yeah yeah i was like oh what the hell <laughs> look at that <laughs> i don't know i thought that was cool
Yeah. Yeah, guys. So make sure, like, you don't have to be ex-Muslim to celebrate this. So consider, you know, taking, partaking in this whole thing. Susanna, can you remind me for me to, like, when it comes for me to also contribute? Huh? Remind me to when it when at the time to post something. Remind me to post something for X Wednesday. Oh yeah, sure. I mean it's already December. You can now. Oh I can Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> but remind remind me after like at some point. I don't know. I Wait, for this next news, Armin, I wanted you to show um something different. If you go to the show notes, you'll see two show on this side. Okay. Because I thought this might be a little bit easier. Because it's actually like Jesus-y related. We have more Jesus-y stuff. Yeah, I couldn't... I was having a hard time finding it easily. Really? We have a search for that. Yeah, I know. That's what I did. Hmm. Let me just find God. Okay. Well, we have a we had. Okay, hold on. What if we search for Christ? Wait, we got a super chat quickly. We got a super chat of fifteen shekels from from Adam. Thank you, Adam. Um, by the way, I think the symbol for the shekel is so cool. (laughs) Um, it's saying I think that everyone should embrace, normalize, and popularize my coined term. Islamophobia to be incorporated into their vocabulary effective immediately. Islamophobia? What does that mean? Is that in reference to discrimination against ex-Muslims? Oh, ex... Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's what, what they're trying to say. Yeah. People say... Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say kafirophobia. You know the symbol for shekel? Makes me feel like this is supposed to be a Mayan currency, like an ancient Mayan coin. Why is it? Why do I always feel like this is Mayan rather than? I know. I see why. Because because the Mayan symbols are these very like compact square little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is not. When I see the symbol for the shekel, I'm like, this looks like what currency should look like in the future. You know what I mean? Or in the very or in the past. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Porque no los dos. All right. Well, thank you for the thank you for letting us tell people that we are funded by Zionist. Which is, I always <laughs> we like don't know that. if he's Zionist. He said he is. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> could reconfirm that you are, so we could say that. Just because they're Israeli, we can't make that assumption. To be fair, why not? I'm going to make that assumption. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can we clap for the next news? Armin wants all the smoke. Um, <laughs> yes, we can. All right. Next news. Next news. Need holiday gifts for the atheist in your life? We've got you covered. So many people are put in the position every year for the holiday season. of They're like, what the hell do I get this person that I care about? I don't know. Okay. But maybe you have someone in your life who is an atheist, or maybe you have someone in their life that is very outspoken atheist or likes to express that. And if that's the case, we have lots of great 
merchandise, including funny shirts and other stuff that is like maybe just the Atheist Republic logo, if you like someone that's part of the community or just a general non-believer in your life. Um, and yeah, we got we got lots of stuff that got you covered. Right now, if you order from our shop, you should be able to get you your delivery by Christmas because the clock is ticking. And this is something that hits me every year. So you do want to get your orders in <laughs> before that holiday crunch. Um, but yeah, I just thought, you know, why it's a good way to, you know, get something funny or humorous for the atheist that you love in your life or, and at the same time, support the work of Atheist Republic. I like this shirt. It says, wake up, <laughs> it's time to sin. <laughs> Guys, we have so many funny designs. Like this is a funny one. Um, like, look at this. What is this design? So, guys, if you just go to atheistrepublic.com, uh, and then at the very top, if you click on store, you should see all our shirts, all our designs, right? So, for example, like this, and you could search for designs. You could just there's a search option here, and you can see order now for delivery by Christmas. All right, so this is our store on our website, but look at this one. We what also have a 15% off right now. Yes, yes, yes. But look at this one. This Read this design. What does it say? <laughs> what does it mean if the holy water sizzles when it hits your skin? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool, funny designs. What is this one? Oh, yeah, this one is good. Hold on. So every time you click on a design, you could get it in so many different formats, like men's shirt, mm -hmm. women's shirt, like on a on a hat, on a mug, on so many on a bag, right? On a hoodie. But this design, can you read it? Can you read this design? <laughs> Be more yes today, Satan, and less not today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That'd there's be so good many for, like a coffee mug. Yeah, this one, this one is still my favorite. Wake up, slut, it's time to sin. <laughs> I love that one. My favorite um, are just the Atheist Republic logo shirts. But not all, ooh. most of our merch is not actually related to AR as an organization. A lot of it is just general atheist merchandise in general. We also have some of our blasphemous art t-shirts on there too. Like our uh, Kali and Sita shirts. We have our... Oh Sek yeah, Kali if you search... Shirts. If you search for Sika, look at this one. This shirt shows up. If I this, think is if the, this is what got us banned in India. <laughs> yeah, if you search for Kali. Wait, there's another Kali shirt that shows. These are Kali and Sita. You have to scroll. I think maybe Sexy Kali will have just the, only the Kali one. Mm -hmm. No, no, just search. Yeah, Sexy Kali. No. It's still coming. I think you have to scroll down to get to because it lists that that design on every single product before it yeah. goes to the next product. You have to find this the is the only to... problem with Spreadshop. Yeah, you have to scroll down to get the. Oh yeah, there, there we, go. we go. Finally, we got. Yeah, so if you scroll down enough, eventually you get to the one that has only Cali. Um, but I wanted to search for, oh, if you want Atheist Republic logo related stuff, I think you could just put logo or symbol and then mm -hmm. you get like shirts that just have. Or just search uh, Atheist Republic because we have a lot of different variations of our logo. 
Yeah, but the problem is that you have to scroll down before you, one variation is finished, and then you get another variation. Yeah, you, unfortunately, you can't browse by oh, yeah. design. Yeah, you could search, you could go to page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess you could press page down. But there's a lot of different logos of Atheist Republic that you could like. Oh, there's mousepad. We have mousepads. Um, but all the different every item you can think of printing something on, we have it. <laughs> yeah. But I like, oh, you could just search by designs, and there's a lot of funny ones. Um, oh, yeah, click this one, read this one. If you click chess, on the design, yeah, go read this one. Chess is prohibited in Islam, uh, maybe because the queen moves freely. <laughs> yeah. So if you click on it, you see this on a shirt, you see this on a mug, you see this on a mouse pad. Oh, this one is good. Read this one. Prayer, because magic lamps are crazy. Yes. I like the way you read them. Oh, here's the Jesus -y one for Christmas. What does it say? Why are you worshiping crosses? What part of my story makes you think I like crosses? <laughs> <laughs> so again, if you click on this, if you click on this, it will show you on a, on a shirt. You can get it on a shirt, on a hat, on a hoodie, and so many different things, right? So each one of these designs, you can get it on so many different items. Oh, another devil one. Everyone believe in freedom of religion until the statue of Baphomet is erected. And this we talked about that today. <laughs> yeah, that was in the news today. That was pretty good. Oh, here's another um, Jesus one. You don't think, therefore I am. Yes. Wait, there's an important question. Um, where is it? One second. Um, Numan is asking, what is the cost of shipping? So the shipping is international to most countries. It ships from the U.S., so you do have to consider that. And um, so the cost of shipping is going to vary greatly depending on what country you're in, as well as if you have to like, but, pay for customs or whatever. But it's not that much, I think, relative to the cost of the shirt. But look, we have it's a Hindu, and also, yeah, they have distribution centers in different places, so there should be some close to you. But look at this one. There's a Hindu. We have a Hindu shirt-related shirt, not just Christianity. Read this one. It says Vedas don't have any science. Yeah, and it has, like, science is greater than the, uh, Hinduism. So, but, yeah, for people who don't know, a lot of people claim that Vedas have are filled with science, but this one it says Vedas don't have any science. I like this one, rare photos of God. It's just an empty picture. Yeah, these are we have some really good design shirts and funny. And oh, here's another Christian. Oh, this one, this is a good shirt, guys. You should wear you should go and wear this shirt around on Christmas. It says read <laughs> it's pretty good. Read this. If you're immortal, how can your death be a sacrifice? This would be better yes. for Easter, technically. Yeah. If you're looking way. to start a fight at Christmas yes. <laughs> or Easter. Yeah, actually, this shirt is good for Easter and Christmas. It has like two, it covers two holiday, holidays. But yeah, this guys, look, we have like hundreds of cool, like funny designs like this. So if you just explore. The designs, like once you're at, okay, so again, if you go to atheistrepublic.com and you click on the store tab, if you scroll down and then you see show all designs, right, then you should be able to see something funny. Look, like we have so many designs, so many cute and funny and, you know, humorous. 
Oh, like this one. How I sleep every night knowing that I'm going to hell in every religion. This is pretty good. Look, it, it doesn't stop. Like the funny and comedic keeps... Oh, there's like three pages and each page has this many designs on it. So, and these are designs that our team made. This is the Atheist Republic designs. Like we didn't get these designs from anywhere else. Like we, our team designed that um, themselves, Atheist Republic. So yeah, go check it out. And... Shop for Christmas again because of Christmas is 15% off and order now for de delivery by Christmas. So if you get this, you will still get it soon enough for Christmas, right? So go before it's too late, okay? Redeem this 15% off. By the way, good job, Susanna, of thinking about this. I don't think about these things. This is why you're CEO. Like it's Christmas, you want to promote our store. This is why you're the CEO. Good job, good job. <laughs> well, thank you. I try. Anyways, that was our last news, right? Mm -hmm. So, guys, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Um, if you want to support us, go buy a shirt. If you want to support us, you could also donate to us on PayPal, link below, or become a patron on Patreon, link below, or become a YouTube member right next to the subscribe button. If you do want to support us but you don't want to spend any money, you could like, you could subscribe, you could leave a comment, you could hit the bell notification. And none of this costs you anything, and it still helps us grow the channel. So please do it. It costs you nothing. Um, yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, another thing that doesn't, that doesn't cost you anything, and it's a great benefit to you, is to subscribe to our newsletter. Because we have a lot of, you see how our design team does a lot of design. One thing we also do is we design a lot of blast, sexy, sexy blasphemous art, and we provide it to you for free every week. If you are subscribed to our newsletter. So if once you subscribe to our newsletter, stay in our newsletter because uh, we have a team that constantly is designing new art and we send it to you every week. So every week you get new art. Uh, it's sexy, it's juicy, and it's very blasphemous. So stay in our newsletter. Um, anything else you want to add, Susie? No, I had a fun with you on the show today. Aww, and stay tuned too. for next week because obviously there was some major breaking news coming out of Iran, but we got to see how the cards fall. And yes, then cover that in yes. depth. Yes. Good. All right, guys. Bye. Mwah.